0: Episode 196, dated Friday 25th of March 2011, Game Club, number two. This week, we witnessed the triumphant return of Game Club, last seen on the 1st of September 2009, where we talked about Trials HD and Shadow Complex. Tony and I have been playing games solidly in the past couple of weeks, and it's just, it's what you've been playing, but a little bit more in-depth.
1: But it's got a cool name and everything,
0: Game Club. Sounds more official. Yeah. Okay. And this episode we're looking at two FPS games that we've been playing recently. Tony has been getting into the just-released What If Korea Invaded the USA tale, Homefront. And I want to talk about my extended time as a mercenary in Africa playing Far Cry 2. Joining us is a man who's played both games, Matt Wellington, co-host of the Epic Fail podcast. Recently we turned to UGN, the Unified Gamers Network, of which we are proud members. Hello, Matt. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Right, so we're going to talk about Far Cry Two first because I've got a lot to say about it. It's it's well old, and this is something that if anyone's even remotely interested in, they can pick up for a song. I mean, how, how much did you say you picked it up for on 360? Uh, it must have been about a fiver. Fiver. I got mine for three pound thirty four delivered. Nice. Tony, do you have it yet?
1: <laughs> no, this this was no excuse. You no, know, this was one of the games that 2008 had came out, and that was a year mm. where everything came out ridiculous yeah. amount of stuff. And October 2008. It was on a pre-order order where I had the collector's edition, the pre-order for months and months and months, yeah. and then it hit that call of okay, I have too many stuff, too many games coming. I need yeah. to take a couple out of there, and that was one of the ones that I decided to take out.
0: Just a quick look at how it actually reviewed, because um, this is a game that I very rarely hear anyone talk about in a, with any particular love. But when they do, it's because they played a lot of it. Uh, it's it's a very it's a very easy game to pick up, and immediately after an hour or so, go ah, oh, you know, what, this isn't for me. That might be the case. Most definitely, 85%. Yeah, that's a that's a very favourable Metacritic score.
2: It's more favourable than Homefronts, at least. <laughs> yeah. Let's check out Homefront, shall we? <laughs> I think
0: it's 76, something like that. 10 below?
1: 7 out of 10, there you go, that's about right. Uh, yeah,
0: 71. Well, yeah, 71, about... it's gone down. So yeah, it came out in uh, October 2008. I rented it, and I think at the time I was... Uh, I was kind of into the the, the the process of playing and completing games. It was before I started my um, fifty games in fifty weeks, but I was definitely already onto the idea of, of uh, you know playing properly and, and just getting through. And it seemed so big, so huge. And I think that the really discouraging thing was that I played for hours and hours and hours, and it has a percentage gauge of how much you completed. And I think after four hours, I was through four <laughs> percent. And I'm no mathematician. That's a hundred hours. But it's, uh, <laughs> you can imagine that's a hundred hours. It turned out to be a lot less than a hundred hours, but I, th- I just, I plowed myself into getting a lot more done, a lot quicker, and uh, it, it actually does, you can get the whole thing done in about twenty hours, probably, you know. If you know it, you can probably get it done in less, but uh, what it should have been is actually quite interesting, because if you look at uh, their, their initial ideas on it, it was supposed to be something where the landscape was alive, if you played um, Red Dead Redemption, and who hasn't, you're going to feel that the landscape feels somewhat empty and a bit less dangerous than, you, than uh, Red Dead, because there's only herbivores around, as in zebras and bison and things like that. Uh, originally, they had lions, but <laughs> the lions ate all the people. <laughs> so they got rid of them. Excellent. Brilliant. They couldn't figure out lions back in those days. Couldn't they just get them to be full?
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you probably and just, then go and sit under a tree somewhere quietly. You probably just underestimated a hundred hours worth of code.
0: I know. That was probably a... It takes, it takes them a million hours to give them a stomach. Mm. I'll talk about how much it feels like Africa there, but this is more about stuff that they had to take out. There were things like if you blew up fuel depots, then there would be less cars driving around because fuel would become more scarce and it would be more difficult to pick up. If you blew up ammo depots, then uh, enemies would uh, have less uh, ammunition to fire at you. And uh, you you could basically affect things, which is so ambitious. And I'd really have liked to play uh, the version that they said was going to come out. As it stands, what you're left with is several mechanics which actually work pretty well, but you have to really be okay with playing those mechanics over and over again. The the game it most reminds me of is actually the original Assassin's Creed because you do like the same five things in that Mm. over and over again. Now it just so happened in both cases I actually kind of liked doing those same five things over and over again. But it began to get well. Okay, here's one thing that makes people really kind of angry at Far Cry 2. You start off in Africa and you get a little guided tour the way that you know Half Life has made famous. You know here is your landscape. This is the uh, the theater with which you will be playing yeah you've journeyed into the heart of darkness to take out the jackal who's an arms dealer and it f- it feels like apocalypse now you're 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 journeying down i mean you may as well be going down river and and sort of <laughs> when you meet him he's did you actually play it this morning uh, the start from scratch uh, Matt? i have literally just done the start yeah cuz i haven't yeah. played so, in like, yeah. two years so <laughs> when you first meet him and, and and remember you spend most of the game um try you know the, the the ultimate aim is to kill this guy so i actually i'd forgotten what he was like um, you're in a, a, a tiny shack, and you're dying of malaria, and he's, you're totally at his mercy. He's reading from a book, and, uh, and then reading your file, and muttering to himself. And he is Colonel Kurtz from uh, Apocalypse Now. And then he holds you at gunpoint, and says that you know you haven't managed to kill him, that nobody can kill him, and that he decides who lives and who, who, lives and who dies. And he's, he's clearly crazy, but he's also the person with their shit together the most in this country then he leaves you the machete and the gun and runs off and then you have to escape and you you end up getting set up with various mercenary jobs in the country but you still the agenda is to find him and kill him but it's really only a MacGuffin you're not really thinking I've got to find and kill that jackal it's just the thing that's keeping you in the country
1: well, can I jump in for a second and just ask yeah, go for um, it. obviously what I'm hearing is so very different from the original Far Cry that I remember playing back, oh, yeah, it's, back in it's 2004
0: completed. it's like, on the, on the it's just the engine, really. So I mean, simple.
1: so the, the history of this, obviously Crytek owned the name of Far Cry, didn't they? And then Ubisoft. Mm. I remember the, the messy situation because Ubisoft was a publisher, and, and uh, mm. Crytek left Ubisoft to, to form, I think, their own studio, and then joined up with EA, didn't they? Mm. Uh, and they got left with the license. Um, mm. And they done some shitty, some real shitty ports of uh, on like the original Xbox. Um, I call it Instincts. Predators, Instincts. <laughs> was it Predators, Instincts?
0: Is Instinct's Predators or Predators' Instincts on the 360 any good? Because I know the Xbox version was such.
1: Um, you have all these feral abidi- uh, abilities that you go around. Like what? Running really yeah. fast?
0: You've got bone claws?
1: In many respects, actually, it's, it's kind of like a precursor to what um, they were going to be doing in... Uh, Crisis 2? Yeah, more well, Crisis, with the, the suit stuff. But uh, was right. a different developer was, was handling that. And it just... It was a decent game, but just not very original. It looked beautiful hmm. and then halfway done that, the whole thing would just completely switch round, and there was suddenly aliens and, and ridiculous situations. That, Hang
0: on, are you talking about the original yeah, Far, the original cry far, far yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. weird beasts for no reason. Absolutely no. Well, no, because the thing about that back then was that it was like this whole island that you could approach yeah. in any, any manner of different way. I say any manner. There really are only like three or four different approaches you can take. Areas. You could be stealthy, you could charge in there with guns blazing, or you can do something a bit tricky. But the tricky stuff is the most so, interesting. So
1: what I was going to say is, obviously um, Ubisoft, know, oh yeah, it was Ubisoft that uh, took a look at what the franchise was, and decided, mm. apart from the, the vast... Take out the aliens, yeah, thank apart you! From ...the vast <laughs> escape of it, making it look beautiful, to actually ditch most of the stuff that made the original Park right kind of a popular mm. series, which I think was actually a really, really brave move.
0: Uh, take it off an island, put it in Africa. Yeah,
1: and the one story I will say, so I'll let you carry on, is yeah, sure. I remember you talking about the weird things they had to take out, how on uh, the, the early E3 stuff they were showing, uh, they were talking about how the wind affects if you burn, you know, throw fire down and how it burns crops, and how you can yeah. use this to kind of suppress your enemies. They were saying they were having problems. That, to Destroy their food supply. Well, the problem was in the builds that they were running was that if the wind was blowing in the you know the right direction and strong enough, <laughs> The
0: whole, Africa burned down. the whole area would just
1: continue to burn all the way Jeez. to the very end and literally leave a complete black uh, scarred uh, planescape. So some really interesting ideas in there. So I'm, I'm eager to see how they actually panned out in the full game.
0: Well, the limitations that you're talking about, the, 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 the ultimate end of what your actions could be in that original early build, would have given way to things which actually would have annoyed a lot of people. Now, Anyone who's played this game for more than, say, a few hours will be able to tell me right away. What was the thing that annoyed you the most? Matt? Driving. Yep, <laughs> driving and check... I was thinking more specifically about checkpoints. Driving is a side effect of the fact that you are in a 50... Is it 50 kilometers? 19 square miles. Yeah, it's uh, Square of Africa. It's huge. Well, there's two, two areas, but they're both absolutely huge. However, the checkpoints were what people always bitch about, Here is how what happens if you go to a if you drive through a checkpoint. There will be four or five guys in there, all with AK47s. You drive through. They, I mean, if you just try to avoid combat, you go straight through. You carry on driving. After a few seconds, a jeep will turn up behind you, ramming into you, (laughs) driving much faster than you, um, and and basically just keep you know driving behind you and, and while they shoot you. So you get out. They drive ahead of you. Stop. <sighs> one guy's in the back and uh, usually on the gun seat. and One guy's in the uh, the front, and he will get out. And it, be- I, I did this so many mm-hmm. times by rote. Every single time, like fuck, like a thousand times <laughs> when I played this, and I just, I, I learned to just sort of run slightly to the right, duck down, aim at his groin, then slightly aim up and shoot at his head when the guy got out the front of the car. It's like they did the same thing every time. So you shoot that guy and then you turn around and shoot the guy in the heavy machine gun seat because because his reactions are slightly off, he takes a little bit longer to wheel around to you so you know you can kill him the second time. But because this happened so many times, it became like this thing you just had to do. Now, this wouldn't bother people, I think, as much if it weren't for the fact that when you get to save points, they're basically huts that you have to take out the five guys at the hunt. And once you've taken out those five guys... Um, the heart becomes a save point. You can save, you can restock your ammo and stuff, and as you um, get more abilities and you buy things over over time, you can stock up these save points like Grand Theft Auto, and, and it became, becomes a haven where you re- refuel all your um, ammo and, and, and things. Now, that's safe every single time you do that, and it, it gives a sort of sense of some sort of sense of permanence that you're affecting the world so that is then at violent odds with these uh checkpoints where if you clean them out wander off and then come back two minutes later there's five guys with ak-47s there like as if nothing had happened and you're like seriously did i not i mean could you guys stay away from the checkpoints for just a few (laughs) minutes till i get back There's this this sense that every time you go through a checkpoint, you are reminded over and over again how much you can't affect the world, which is really disconcerting in a world where they're trying to convince you of the opposite. Regarding what it is, there's a civil war going on in this small part of Africa, and the unfortunate upshot of that is that everybody in the entire country wants to kill you. (laughs) They're all mercenaries. There aren't any civilians. Well, there are a few, but they're all hiding inside huts where you can't even get your gun out. And uh, and in ceasefire towns, there are a few people sort of walking around. But by and large, if you meet someone out on the plains, they're going to be in a truck... And their aggression levels are like... It's like rage-infected monkeys. It is like dudes that are 28 days (laughs) later. When they see you, they'll go... And then they'll turn around and then they'll get out and try and kill you. And every single time you have to kill them, there's no reasoning with them. There's no sense of of I did something to piss them off or, you know, ooh, a little bit of tension here. It's just like if I see you and you see me, one of us is going to die, and it ain't going to be me because I've just got so much more weaponry than you. So
1: how, and how it, much does that break the immersion? It, uh, quite a lot because
0: you, you feel – ultimately, you feel you feel like you're trying to – I don't know, not liberate this country, but you're, you're doing work to allow guerrillas and, and various... There's these two factions constantly at war with one another, but you don't really know who they're fighting for. You don't really get a sense that there are people around here. It's, it's, the, the closest equivalent would be, say, Mercenaries 2. That's full of civilians. There's civilians all over the place. When I drive around in Mercenaries 2, I try my absolute best to avoid hitting civilians because I now appreciate them so much more because they aren't in Far Cry 2. And it's such a shame that you don't just meet people just walking along or driving along by the side of the road who don't want to but kill you.
1: you are me. in the heart of Africa and even within that, the diamond trade section of Africa.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you, you believe. I mean, if you've watched something like uh, Blood Diamond, which is rubbish, by the way, um, <laughs> you, you believe <laughs> that you're in a... Pla- yeah, it's quite... Well, Dijam and Hansu is very good. <laughs> um but the, the second half of that film. It does. It, turns in like action,
1: it actually turns into all the bits that you didn't like about Far Cry. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, good point.
0: Actually, no, the action is not what I didn't like about Far Cry. It's just that the, the 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 thoughtless, you know, mindless aggression that was a bit galling. But you know, once you once you accept that everyone wants to kill you, it becomes more a case of you know, I am. It's it's kill or be killed. I'm well, the hunted, I want, I want, and you become death incarnate.
1: I, I want to know a little bit about Matt how he approached this then because you know, did, yeah, you played the game, you've completed the game twice, correct? On and yeah. three different platforms, so. Did the combat get to you, or did um, it, those situational combat get to you? It didn't necessarily get to me.
2: I think it's, come, it's become a sort of combat mode where, well, me and my mates when we played it, we we used to, you know, converse and talk about it all the time. So um, we started labelling like there's different modes of AI, and a lot of people have picked up on this. Um, uh-huh. I've sort of highlighted some here. I mean, obviously what you're just talking about, Alex, we called the combat mode. Mm-hmm. They are purely there to attack you quickly and effectively flank you, and they literally make your life in the game a living hell. But that's not the way you can always counter the game. Far Cry 2 annoys a lot of people because it is so aggressive. But if you take the, the mode to, say, I don't know, sneak around in the jungle, the, in, in the opening few, literally within the first 20 minutes, the first camp you attack, you can take out all the guys without them even noticing you. Or you can take them out in one hit. Literally all I did was sneak behind them, jump up and fire an RPG at the middle of them, but killed them both. And that was it done. I didn't lose any ammo apart from the one rocket that I'd fired, and I didn't lose any health. Um, But there are like there's other combat modes. I mean, there's alert mode, which is what I sort of specify as the enemy is aware that you're in the area, but they don't necessarily know where you are. So they'll look around for you, and they might even spread out as if they're preparing to flank you like you'd see in, um, in Call of Duty 4 when you lay down in the grass and the mm. Russians are walking around you. It's it's kind of like that, but they don't know where you are. So you always have the advantage in Far Cry 2 of being able to scout out your position mm. using binoculars, which I know, Alex, you probably experienced in the first 20 minutes as well, yeah. where you have to you know mark your targets, like your ammo and your health, things like that, enemy mm. positions, basically. And it, it's up to you how you counter it. And then there's a third one, which me and my mates termed idle mode,
0: and um, this is where the enemy well, just, just sitting in the yeah, shade yeah. and they're
2: not aware at all. They're sitting down, they're drinking, they're having a smoke, they're talking to each other. It usually
0: happens a lot during midday when it's very hot. Exactly. And, people, and you can, are, com- you know, don't want to be running around in the sweating heat. <laughs> and you can completely get the jump on them, like run
2: up behind yeah. them and smash them in the head with a machete. But um, mm. I think the AI is, is good, but it is let down in some areas. Like you just said, in the middle of the day, it tends to sort of relax off. When mm. it's in the heat But then again
0: I suppose you But they will also See you much better if yeah. it's in the middle of the heat If they're on alert mode At night They'll be looking for you more But they might not Necessarily see you so much It's a nice balance Well that's one of the things The day and
2: night cycle Is really quite cool Because I've had experiences mm. Before Where I've been on the PC And now I'm not trying to blow PC's own trumpet here But the PC versions Are far superior looking games To the console version uh-huh. Purely because A lot of the The engine Was designed for PC For DirectX direct 10 And like Multi-core processors Mm-hmm. I remember I'd first upgraded my PC to play Far Cry 2. So um the, the opening level where you're in the building, you've just spoken to the jackal and you're escaping, you have to jump out of the window. Now on the console, when I've just done that, there's no explosion or anything behind you. On the PC, there's a massive explosion of fire, and fireball comes out behind you as you jump off the roof. Oh, I feel like I'm missing I, it out. <laughs> you, you are missing out, because it's a lot more intense. And the second you jump down, there's a guy there, and you've got to nail him, or he kills you. It's as simple as that. And it is... It's up to you how you play the game. A lot of people got bored of all the driving, as we've, we've literally just stated, because it is constant driving. I mean, the opening ten minutes is you sitting in a car practically. But you get a really good basis of what the story is, and you're referring to Apocalypse now. I think it is a lot like that. Ironically enough, I watched that last night. Oh, yeah,
0: because <laughs> I was the the last section of the game is actually called Heart of Darkness. Yeah. or no, you get the achievement is entered the Heart of Darkness. <laughs> And it, it sets up this whole sort of. I, was, I
2: want to talk about this at home front later, but um, there's like a shock and awe campaign throughout the whole opening few bits. You get a real sense of the the mercenaries that are aligned against you when you first go up to that gate and they're talking to you, and the guy has to bribe them to get past. <sighs> and
0: it, it, more of it, that would have been so much appreciated. Yeah, if you
2: had the option to go up to one of the the outposts and instead of being mm. shot at all the time, every single time, yeah, it, it, it's kind of annoying to me that it drives it. it it gives you an emphasis that you can sneak around and play the game the way you like but when when you do come to a checkpoint they just attack you all the time completely throws that out
1: the window then exactly this is the way it comes
2: (laughs) unless you sneak past in the river or drive past nowhere near them
0: pretty major things uh, about the game that are actually different from uh, uh, yeah, pretty much every other game that I can think of. Uh, <laughs> malaria and the weapon degrading. Brilliant. The malaria you, you're infected with at the beginning, you never shift that. There is no miracle cure to this. You will have malaria until the end of the game. Every 40 minutes or so, you'll, your vision will swim and you'll go... and it'll distort. <laughs> and you've got to pop a pill and, and eat that very quickly. If... There is a sense that your pills are constantly depleting and there are ways to get other pills, but if you're out in the middle of the desert and you pop your last pill, you literally start getting palpitations going, oh Christ, what if I – I mean, I know it's every 40 minutes, but what if I'm still out here in 40 minutes? What if I haven't gotten some more pills? Oh, Jesus, I might die and uh, that is massively immersive. So, so and there's other things like if you're swimming in the river, didn't you mention this one, Tony? Yeah, how people you're, work. You're, you might actually get a malaria attack while you're in the water and drown. Drown, that's brilliant. <laughs> so that means that gives an urgency when you're in the water, which you don't get in almost any other game. So
1: what's what's the saving system? Is it just checkpoint-based? It's, an um, route,
0: well, or? there's, it, saving is not difficult. There's In every safe house, there's a little um, save a, box, a box where you just click and, and you save it. Uh, and you can also sleep to replenish your energy and, and also pass time in the day the, the only reason I um, ask
1: is because obviously a lot of the tension in games comes from want, you know, not wanting to lose progress You know, so yeah. malaria well, when you can just quick save for since no doubt you
0: could have uh, managed, yeah so. no you can't quick save if, usually if you're out in the field you haven't saved for a while because every mission is eh, kind of similar you don't want to be doing missions over and over again so if you start getting near death, near the end of a mission, and you suddenly have a malaria attack, your heart starts really pounding. You're like, oh, Christ, come on. And, yeah, speaking of which, that leads me on to weapon degrading. I-, I can't imagine how anyone would not think that this was an awesome thing <laughs> until you're actually in the middle of it and you're like, oh, my God, this is fucking horrible. But at the same time... Shit, it's got to You kind of have to respect it because it's, you're dealing with mercenaries who use unmaintained, shitty, rusty, old, dirty weapons... And they could, you know, at any minute they might fail you. There is nothing more that m- makes your heart leap to your chest more than turning around to a guy who's just discovered you and, you know, you've been sneaking very quietly and you go, shit! And you turn your silence pistol towards him so that you can just <laughs> quietly dispatch him and the pistol goes, and the slide breaks off in your hand. And jams. And goes, ding! And you, you, know, you can either jam, in which case you could sort of hammer on the trigger to, uh, to make it actually unjam or just literally it explodes and breaks the gun and you don't have that gun anymore and you have to very quickly switch to machete and attack him and that second he might have raised the alarm or shot you with a shotgun in the face (laughs) the the tension brought on by weapon degrading and this sense of that you know whatever weapons you pick up will only help you for a few moments because they are are they're on their last legs in all counts um it, it really makes the game feel much more desperate and you can buy weapons uh, but even the weapons that you buy and keep in your your hideout and can constantly replenish aren't guaranteed forever. They will give out on you at some point, usually at the most inopportune moment.
1: From what I've heard, though, it it seems like every single weapon that you pick up from, mm. from I mean, the enemy um, yeah. just breaks. Just like yeah, there's it's a guaranteed time so there's no shock again it's, it's a ridiculous
0: it's a ridiculous uh, sort of uh, painting everything in the same way in the same way as every other enemy wants to kill you with the exact same amount of ridiculous pointless aggression <laughs> uh, every weapon is, is at 2% when you get to it like I said desperation is the best way of describing it if, if you're playing it and th- the best way to play it is on a hard difficulty so that this will actually affect you because if you're playing it on easy it's just an irritation if you're playing it on hard you might lose a lot of progress yep and yeah, I'll talk about more of that in a bit because I've got a, a, an even harder way of playing it. <laughs> um, it's an unguided experience, and that was the thing I liked about it the most because the, everybody knows my lamentations over the Call of Duty series, and I'd, I'd imagine, uh, well, you could tell us in a bit if, if Homefront is a roller coaster or not, but. Um, Everyone's talking at the moment about Crisis 2, and I'm frankly kind of excited for it myself because (laughs) of the open world aspects of it. And obviously it it shares a a pedigree with Far Cry 2 in in a a weird kind of stepbrother way. But um, pretty much everything you can do in in every approach, if not every gadget that you can take in uh, Crisis 2, you can probably employ in... In Far Cry 2, I mean, some of my favorite moments were the assassination missions, where just like in Grand Theft Auto, you just have to make a guy dead. It doesn't matter how. (laughs) So um, my favorite one, as I recall, was I, I realized he was in a giant airplane hangar, and it was surrounded by guys. So I climbed to the top of a water tower and then very quietly sniped them all. And there was still a bunch of guys inside the um, uh, hangar, so I just chucked molotovs around it and burned the (laughs) entire surrounding grasslands. And they ran out and started panicking, and then I picked them all off. And then I very quietly just went down, and it was like, you ever seen Leon? Yep. He was basically like that guy at the beginning of Leon, going, oh, what the fuck is going on there?" And he was just sort of inside. There was no characterization to him. He wasn't shouting or anything. But I, in my head, he was panicking that much because all of his guys were dead. And then basically, I just I, I walked to to being miles away from him so that I could see him, but he could only just see me. And pulled up my sniper rifle and popped him in the head. And that was so satisfying. You see, that's interesting. And the fact that there was no coercion to make me do that felt so much more satisfying. You see,
2: that, to me, is really interesting because, obviously, we talk about the way the game is its either frustratingly
0: repetitive or fabulously intriguing to most of us. Yeah. And um, You can play with it, which exactly. is so <laughs> different to so many other FPS games. It's why I always prefer Halo to COD.
2: The way you've done that mission there is completely opposite from the way I've done it. I remember the exact same. Is, that's the one where you're in sort of the desert Sahara-type area, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's the airport sort of in the middle of nowhere. I strapped yeah. a jeep with C4 and drove the jeep into the building and blew it up.
0: That's how I did it. <laughs> so... I only ever did that once, but it was like I was a, was a rescue buddy mission, and it's so you just it's so you, satisfying, it's brilliant. You just sort of d- d- bail out of the jeep, and then the jeep pulls into the camp, and then the guys sort of go, "Huh? What's that?" Ah, uh, there's a guy out there, and then you go, "Click, ciao!" Click. And it, there are there are so many moments in this game of, of just feeling satisfied and, and taking out the AI. <laughs> Again, I think the the most intriguing thing about this game is that it's not perfect. It tried to be a really fantastic game and it ended up being really good because of its mixture of quality and kind of stupid. The buddy system, we can't not mention. Uh, You have... I think it ends up being like some of seven or eight different mercenaries that you meet. Uh, Ironically... Uh, I didn't realise this until I started playing it again today. You choose which mercenary you want to be yeah. of your buddies. It's about nine to Which choose from. is interesting, because the first guy I made uh, really good friends with was the old um, uh, Czechoslovakian guy, I think he is, or Chechnyan. Um, he's this old guy with white hair and a moustache. And I was kind of, you know, good friends with him. And, well, I say friends. He, he talks to you a bit, and then if you get <laughs> downed in combat he picks you up or whoever is your, your closest buddy will pick you up and they'll be, so your vision will be swimming he'll give you a, a sidearm he'll take out everybody else around you and then you can basically get out of there with him um, you, there's, there's very little sticking together it's not really sort of accompanying each other but um, you have to watch them because when they get shot uh, you have to choose between uh, using your morphine on them styrets or uh, killing them yeah leaving them there <laughs> or abandoning them um, and it's, it's not really a huge decision because if you've got a, a spare styret, then, you know, for God's sake, keep him. He's a, he's a good buddy and it's, it's, it, it's worth a life to you if you're, if you're not careful. But, um, they, when they get down three times, they keep asking for morphine. It's like that bit in Saving Private Ryan. I, <laughs> I just, uh, I read a blog post about that earlier today and they, they keep asking for morphine and then they, they overdose on it. And yeah. so you've effectively euthanized them. And it's, it's a real decision to make to begin with. And then later on in the game... This is kind of a spoiler, so if you're really into your Far Cry 2... <laughs> so you've had long enough. <laughs> yeah. If you want to play Far Cry 2, considering what I've just said, you might want to spin on by one minute. Uh, later on, you uh, get the choice between... Uh, the, your buddies all hanging out at Mike's bar are about to be attacked by a militia, and they have no idea, but the another militia is also going to uh, apprehend a bunch of people that you've been trying to smuggle out of the country, innocent civilians, innocent civilians yeah. and you have to choose who you're going to go save. You can't save them both. Now, what really annoyed me is that you've been using a phone the whole time. <laughs> Not one of your buddies can just pick up the phone. You guys better get out of there. I mean, sh- I, I just thought, fuck it. These guys... Could probably take care of themselves, and I ended up saving the people. And I think I regretted it later. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I'll talk about the the very end later. But um, that that was a, I actually stopped in the middle of the road and thought, "Fuck."
2: Yep. What do I do? Great moments, there. You certainly regret yeah. it on the harder difficulties as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I made the same decision on hard mode, and you get screwed over for it, basically. <laughs> yeah. Although they can become yeah. a hindrance when they are asking you for for the stim packs and stuff, especially yeah. on hard difficulty when they're it, the the items in question get rarer. So mm-hmm. health kits and stuff aren't popping up all over the place. I mean, I must have been playing what 20 minutes, and I've probably seen about five, six, seven, eight health kits just lying around the place. In hard mode, I'd have probably been lucky to
0: find two. <laughs> Shit. I suppose it's just going to get more and more desperate as you go on. It's, it, it, go. it is just a struggle for survival to the end, which is kind of ironic considering the ending. We'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> Another really cool thing about it is, you know all those flags in um, uh, the Assassin's Creed? Yep. And all of this sort of collecting situations. Oh, do I. The, the diamonds, diamonds that you get in this, um, when you're driving along and you've got your map and there's a little... um GPS device with a flashing light that uh, if if you're near a a suitcase with a diamond in it just out in the middle of nowhere it'll start flashing and then you'll have to, you don't have to but you just get out of your car and you look around the place and that's when you really start to get a feel for the landscape. That more than anything else made me think I am in Africa because you you get a a sense of the geography of the place and you just slowly turn around to the left and the right just to see it starts blinking faster when you're looking in the right direction and then it just goes solid when you are straight staring at it. So you look very, very carefully at where you're going and and then you spy it might be on top of a shack Quite, you know, quite some way away, and then you have to work out how to get up onto the roof of the shack, and it's puzzle solving, but also uh, a treasure hunt, and each diamond can be used to buy guns, so it's like it's making you more tougher each time, so it's like a little bit little flash of excitement goes through you every, every time that little green light goes off and it's the only kind of collection apart from possibly I think uh, Crackdown had a really good way of, of basically, literally, correlating it with your abilities uh, but it's that, I actually found actually extremely rewarding. Literally rewarding. Isn't there like 220 or 210?
1: 221.
0: Jets, like, <laughs> that's crazy. I think I only ended up getting about 86 or something like that. God,
1: um, I'm going to spend years playing this if I buy it. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I hope you don't decide to get all 221 because you will actually be there. <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm Tony.
0: <laughs> okay, and I, I will... I'll, I'll now mention the, uh, the even harder way of playing because uh, I heard about this on the Reverence video. Some of the harder members of the Far Cry 2 community have uh, figured out a way to play which actually immerses you even more in the game, and that is permadeath. If you die in the game playing on, on this self-imposed way... You wipe your save. You're basically <laughs> on the honor system to wipe your save and go, right, well, that was the end of me.
2: You are joking.
0: <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm currently, the way I, the, the new game that I've started, I am doing that. And let me tell you, that makes a difference. Because when you're walking around the huts and you know there are four guys around and you can't start firing off your gun because they'll start going, blah, blah, blah. Bla, bla, bla. Interestingly enough, they all seem to speak English. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's one of the least racist games set in Africa I've played in a long time. Um, there's, there's a big sort of mix of... I think they even say all of these mercenaries came from outside the country. So all, there's Dutch ones, okay. there's South Africans, there's English ones, there's French guys. And they all seem to be you know equally homicidal. But um, yeah, so you're outside a hut, just around the back, and there's four guys around the front. Four guys. Two of them have got shotguns. You know that. If you can't kill all four of them and one of them shoots you in the face with the shotgun and the other one shoots you in the back with the shotgun, if you don't have a buddy around to rescue you, that's it. Game over. Possibly 20 hours worth of game. Dead. Now, you want to talk about sphincter tighteningly, heart poundingly, <laughs> tense, desperate and exciting. I've only played a few, a few minutes of it on like that, and I'm already, <laughs> yeah, but, I don't think I'm
1: gonna be able to take but it. The same could be said for any game, that if you, you, I mean, yeah, of course of, you me. can, I mean, play. for instance, at the moment I'm playing Homefront through for a second time on Easy, mm-hmm. uh, and all the achie- there's a bunch of achievements for every level to complete it without dying. So, mm-hmm. yeah, technically I'm doing the same thing with that. It's
0: gotta be done for Chivo. No,
1: yeah, it has gotta be. I mean, it, I wouldn't say, I mean, uh, I would argue, obviously, the immersiveness of Far Cry 2 is probably a lot more impactful when you can probably, Mm. Um, role play that idea a lot better than probably something like homefront yeah. but um yeah i, I think it's, it's an interesting topic that one day we probably would talk about is is you know approaching games in completely different styles like that yeah. and which one
0: giving yourself better. extra extra things to do in a game to to make it yeah, more complex you know, the
1: guy who uh completed well completed world of warcraft but he, <laughs> <level> <laughs> compl- he was the one guy Devil <laughs> <laughs> Captain world of warcraft without actually killing anybody
0: that was fascinating, and we, we're going to try and get that guy on. <laughs> no, no idea if we can, but he's just this this pacifist priest who managed to get through the you know up to eighty without, yeah, as, as, as I said, without killing anyone, We're just doing healing and fetch quests and uh, discovering stuff. The chances of anyone playing all the way through to the end of Far Cry Two. Pretty slim, I gotta say, because this game is so huge. I'm amazed I did it, but at the same time, like I said, the things that it makes you do over and over again, I actually got quite confused. So you said
1: what the rough, rough story playthrough is, 20 hours?
0: I'd say about that, would you, is that about fair Matt? Yeah,
1: I'd
2: I'd say about fair. I remember, um, PC Gamer, when they initially reviewed it, they gave it a 94%, but they said they spent something like 60 hours, and probably 20 hours of that was just the story, but everything else is going around and finding yeah. diamonds and exploring the world, because it, it gives you, like, the sound in the game is fantastic. If you've got, like, a... We haven't even mentioned it. Yeah, of course, if, the sound. If you've got something like a, 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 you know, a really good 5.1 surround sound, then it really will adhere to all of your senses. Or mm. little things like running along and knocking into a tree, and you, like, you, you, you daze a bit and you, you fall sideways. Just really cool things like that. <laughs>
0: The uh, the gr- it's also for a game from late 2008. It is very pretty, very pretty. It's got a really immersive world, and I've not played in jungle that so made me feel I was in a jungle as this.
2: I think the Cry Engine is is designed for jungles. If you play Crisis on the PC maxed out on Ultra, that the game is stunning.
1: It may not have much substance to it, but it is stunning graphically. Well, this I mean, <laughs> this is a whole new engine they built just for this game, wasn't it? And it had to basically yeah. mimic. The cry engine. I mean, just before you 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 maybe wrap up and talk about the end, if you would, you know, if it's been forward or not. There's a couple of things I want to know. So Does the more kind of um, unique elements such as the fire casting to you know, to surround your enemies, mm-hmm. um, does that stuff actually play out at all? Really, towards the end of the game, do you end up finding yourself using it, or is it just literally you, you find yourself now just sniping and shooting and kind of leaving all that the day-night cycle stuff behind?
0: Oh, no, I think it's it's, it's consider that it's a toolbox of different things you can use. That fire is something I employed quite a lot. Yeah. It's because it, it panics people; they don't know what's going on. Uh, you, you just chuck a couple of. It's a really good way of clearing out a large sort of close knit group of guys. You just charge in there very very quiet charge quietly. <laughs> you run in there very very quietly. Chuck molotovs at selected points, and then you back the hell off, and you get out your dart gun which, by the way, I think I murdered more people with this dark (laughs) stuff than any other weapon in the game. You just watch them scatter, and then while the fire's going on, they can't hear each other or see each other getting taken out very, very quickly and quietly by you, but you, you can, you know, basically do that. And it's 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 definitely something you, you'll find yourself doing quite a lot. And it, there'll be things like, you know, to use to your advantage, the, the, the explosive red barrels. Oh, yeah. I, I know they turn up in a million different games, but when you're up against a wall, to be able to, you know, go, right, there's a red barrel over there's there. If I chuck a grenade that way, I, am, I, I might just be able to get out of this one. Speaking of the it, red it, barrels, it, they
2: yeah. are really useful for causing distractions. <laughs> Even in the Absolutely. really early levels of the, like, the really early acts of the game, if you you're assaulting a hideout and you take out a barrel that's right on the edge of the hideout you, you mm. tend to draw the patrol across towards your, where you are which means you can then take advantage of what Far Cry 2 does really well the elevated positions mm. getting up really high and once you once you unlock the sniper rifle i think it's a dragonov um mm. once you un, oh, good. once you unlock that the gameplay changes and mm. um there's a there's a guy there's a PC gamer who is he's quite well known among like PC gaming communities and um he's got major slack as his name and he's he's done a whole series of articles on far cry 2 and whether or not people like it he he loved it he's got he's down to saying it's the best game he's ever played which is which is quite impressive considering how many people dislike this game
0: yeah <laughs> but, and it is flawed but it, it, it does is, have yeah. the potential to be very very appealing if you like this certain set set of uh, tasks to be done oh.
1: question, maybe I'll throw this one to Matt so you, know, you can talk about it for a second, is obviously there, there's a, a story that's being driven through this game and, and you've already said it's not being force-fed in the traditional fashion of you know, linear gameplay. Yeah. So, yes. do you? is it something you, you feel like you're constantly chasing or the fact that you can kind of go and wander off and, and attack at your own pace? Because it, it sounds to me very similar to Assassin's Creed, the whole front, you know, maybe not one, but certainly uh, two and Brotherhood.
0: Ubisoft again. Yeah, the, the way that,
1: you know, <laughs> The story is always there and it's it's happening in the background, but quite often mm. you know you just you find yourself getting dragged into these side quests to either earn you know, different. You know, uh, in the case of uh, Brotherhood, earn more money to kind of build mm. up the properties around that and make the people's lives there uh, more interesting. And you I, you kind of lose some of the focus of the main plot and find yourself having to jump back onto that. Does that happen, or is it more like now nah, I just want to see what actually is going on here and y- you get caught up in it? Or you know. I, I suppose I suppose the best Part of this would be to allow you to do both, and it not seem like you're, you're losing thread of what's going on.
2: It does happen, but I mean, you can you can you can take on a mission, complete yeah. the mission because of these warring factions. The game is full of like political intrigue, and yeah. um you can play the factions against each other, which is something really cool. And you can practically have them fighting by the end of the game, mm. <laughs> which is really interesting. But you can do a mission and then go and do something else for like half an hour, twenty minutes. Go and get some diamonds so you can buy better weapons. I spent a, yeah. probably at least 50% of my first playthrough going around finding diamonds purely so I could unlock better weapons because the weapons you carry around with you, because you're limited to three weapons and a main, like, melee weapon, you have to have things that you can count on all occasions. I never, I never ever dropped the RPG. I had it on me all the time purely because if a patrol was annoying me, like we, st- we said earlier, speeding up and smashing at you in the back, Mm. I could jump out and
0: fire a bazooka up their ass. Dark rifle, never let go of the dark rifle. The reason <laughs>
1: I'm bringing up is that I, I think it's it's quite actually a commonplace in in kind of the action adventure games and certainly kind of the platform. Yeah, you know, action adventure I think is it perfectly sums it up because it, it's easier to do, but it very rarely happens in first-person shooters. You know, they're mm. much more keen and even I mean even you can say something like Halo. You know, it gives you in a, a strategic position uh, to kind of <laughs> tackle it. You they're know, easy for me to say to tackle it the way that you want to, but it certainly doesn't allow you to just go, eh, I'm going to go and wander off here for 20 minutes and I'll be back and you know, see you in a bit, guys. Yeah, carry on the fight. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I think it's fascinating to hear it kind of move into a first-person shooter. Hmm.
0: In, in all situations, the way you described the plot, Tony, it, 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 it doesn't really feel when you're playing it like there is a huge amount of plot really playing out. There's just yeah. one... Mm-hmm. You know, bunch of uh, exploitative wankers on one faction <laughs> telling you to go and blow up the ammo dump of another bunch of exploitative wankers yeah. who when you go meet them they say you should not blow up our ammo dumps blue. you know China we whites gotta stick together you like, you fucking white supremacist asshole <laughs> I cannot wait to plug you between your stupid racist face it is an unnamed African country though is it it, it could be yes. like, a former British colonist we in this unnamed <laughs> African country You've gotta stick
2: together <laughs> it, tries, it tries to be a bigger story though because it has like the, the the audio logs that you can pick up like there's an audio log you pick up at the beginning it's like a, a, it a, few. a, a tape
0: there is a few and I think it's, it's mainly the jackal sort of yeah. muttering to himself and going oh these, these people I saw these, these villages on fire but it's interesting to listen to it's like Apocalypse Now with some, yeah. more of that would have been great yeah. if every diamond you found had a little bit of something with it that would be even okay, so like I, notes I, yeah. or
1: something I got, I got yeah. the feeling then it's more, not necessarily a, a driven narrative, more just a, an immersive piece where you're, it, you're pushing forward to the end.
0: It's more like a simulator of what it's like to be a mercenary in an African country than a plot where you find out about stuff that happens okay. to people. Yeah. It's, it's basically, it's a way of immersing yeah. you in this war-torn zone. And it's, it's very effective to that end.
2: There's one thing just we haven't mentioned that know. I think is pretty cool, is um when, when you're shot or something and you have to heal yourself, mm-hmm. Oh. He carries a pair of pliers, and he just pulls bullets out of his arm, or, dis- or his arm dislocates,
0: and he pops his arm back into place. Uh, and I say think, pops, he like, he, 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 he twists twist. it in a sickening crunch. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like he 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 puts lit matches into his own flesh. Yeah, he does it t- online as well. It's it, it, grim. They do it on the multiplayer as well, which I think is a really cool aspect. But I, and I that, just love so that. So day. that takes time, and it's like if guys are shooting at you, and your and your screen's going bright red, and he's <laughs> pulling with pliers out of his forearm <laughs> a bullet. You're like, God damn it, just hurry up! And then his gun's jammed as well. And you're like, get the gun, unjammed! Or repairing cars. Oh, oh yeah, you uh, twist. That's another really cool thing that you it makes you. Because cars are your lifeline, if you're wandering along on your, on your feet, then you could end up walking for a long, long time. So you have to respect those cars. And when you start slamming them into things or getting shot at, the radiator starts steaming you're like, come on, hold together. So you take out the guys who are trying to kill you and then you repair your car and carry on. It's not like Graf theft auto where another one's going to come along at any 2nd yeah. there They're a lot more sparse in between. So it makes you feel like you, you need to, to to pay credence to these cards. The 5.1 surround sound. More than any other game I have ever played, if you stand uh, behind a tree and there's a guy shouting to another guy, and he's very close by, you know exactly there where he is, is in exactly. relation to you. Brilliant. The 5.1 is so spot-on accurate regarding spatial awareness in this game, and it allows you to perfectly improvise tactics and go, right, okay, he is just around there. I have not got time to reload my gun. You switch to machete, you turn around, and you whack him in, the, and he's dead, and, and then you have to finish him off in the chest, and that's even more satisfying. But, um yeah the, the extremely effective use of soundscape and but it has a dynamic How
2: music system as well which is one of the things yeah. that the, the graphics engine was i can't remember what it was called it was Dunia or something but yeah. um it was it was purely developed for far cry 2 and um the one of the things they claimed was yeah, ooh, it has dynamic music and non-scripted ai fair enough you can see the non-scripted ai and the dynamic music actually works quite well
0: yeah but when it, well, I got a little bit tired of that uh, that one song that plays over and over again. It's like it's a full song on the soundtrack because yeah. it, it's it's playing in a car at one point. <laughs> but um, if if you listen, it's like it plays the same seven seconds over and, and over and over again. And, over again. Yeah. and you always get the so, same
2: like, thumping music when you're about to have a fight. Yeah. Exactly the same
0: so dynamic has an asterisk attached to it (laughs) It may not be quite as dynamic as we may have led you to believe but again impressive not perfect but very impressive and for the three pound 34 i got i think this is the most gaming i've ever got for my dollar did you witness the storm effects at all um i was in a i was in the rain
2: at some point yeah when it goes pitch black and you get lightning and things like that going across the screen not all that often. Uh, Maybe that was just on the PC. I don't know, it, it might have been, but I have, I had that on the PC several times, and it, it's amazing. It's like, uh, it's, when you play Red Dead Redemption and you, you go outside a saloon and your horse is tied up and it's storming mm. above, the way your horse reacts is in jumping around and neighing mm. and all kinds of stuff, it's, it's, it's as cool as that. I mean, in the distance you can see the lightning hitting trees and things like that, and it's really cool. But the night and day system, I think, is one thing that we haven't really mentioned
0: yeah, it's no, really yeah.
2: well done, because if you attack in the night, they tend to be asleep or they tend to be sitting next to fires, which gives you a whole new level of sneaking up behind them. Mm. And you can do a whole camp without being spotted at all, or you can take them out mm. from a river, or you can do a hang glider thing, which is really cool. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I just think the game as a whole can be really repetitive to some people, but for me it was...
0: It was something... As repetitive as our gushing, I've read. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it could be really re- repetitive and frustrating, but for me it was it was just a joy to play because the first time I played it I went through Guns Blazing and the AI reacted to that. It used to kill me a lot of the time. Mm. But when I played it through on my PS3, which, had been, which would have been 2009, um, I took it in a different manner. I, t- I started to snipe at people and take a lot more time over my situation, scanning out everywhere. For example, when I said I drove the vehicle with the C4 into the hangar, the next mission I I sniped the guys and knifed the other two on the guard towers. It's just dynamic. Everybody plays it differently. We could probably have 50 people on it and we'd all have done it differently. It is really, really cool.
0: I think I'm going to carry on with this whole, you know, having one life uh, to to lose in this game. And I, w- I will let people know how it happens. And, you know, when I eventually do succumb to some horrible calamity, what killed my character? But um, by the middle end of the game, when the checkpoint guys, the, the average checkpoint's got a rocket launcher guy yeah. in there. And you're just driving up near to it. And there's a sort of... A and a little fireball appears just in the top left you know oh shit and your car explodes and throws you into the road and then you've got about three seconds to pick yourself up and run out of the wreckage before he hits you with another <laughs> one. that's going to be somewhat difficult to live through
1: yeah it's, it's interesting actually listening to you talk about this because this is something that obviously you and me have very different gaming styles in, in the fact that you know I play a lot of stuff on hard normally actually mm. it's linked with achievements and whatnot but you know, it's stuff like, well, I've had previous conversations, how, you know, playing Call of Duty on Veteran is actually a completely different gaming experience than just running through it on, on normal. Once again, we will hmm. do a gaming conversation where we talk about difficulty in games. Yeah, that's coming. But, um, you know, it, it does... I mean, that, to me, it leads in the same situations where once you could just run through here, just popping people off left, right, and centre, and it really had no impact on you. Yeah. Uh, and this actually happened to me in, in Homefront, so maybe I'll save it for there, but... um same situation in Call of Duty where you'll be going on veteran and you know two shots and you'll be dead you know you can't take 10 15 shots and, and still push your way through so you have to make sure that every single piece of cover that you're about to stick your head up on is sound otherwise you're going to die and you right. know it can drag I mean one it can either drag out games massively which probably happens more often than not but two it can add up to moments that are really really tense mm. and you know a lot I don't know a lot more immersive I guess if you want to play it in that style but also it, it's 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 not for everybody. And, you know, <laughs> I think the idea of wiping a save off if you died once would be. Yeah. I mean, that's steel battalion.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was. That was the first thing I thought of when I heard of it. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. yeah. There's no self-imposed steel yeah. battalion.
1: Uh, anyway, so the ending. <laughs> I mean, sum up. What's what? What's the ending? then? was that okay? You in a for f- f- Furora? R- 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 right. <laughs>
0: yeah Fuhrer. okay uh everyone uh if you if you don 't want to know what happens in the middle and then the end uh then uh, fast forward by two or three minutes okay uh, in the middle of the game uh, I think I already mentioned that you uh you could basically decide to let your friends die or uh, save the missionaries i don 't know what happens if you save the missionaries as if you save your friends what happens well if if you save your missionaries, you meet a whole bunch of other friends instead yeah the other the, the other four mercenaries and uh but, okay, well, at the end of the game, you've got to go and get these, I think, it's yeah, just a, a big case of diamonds. And when you get there, all of you, all of the other mercenaries are there waiting for you, and they all dogpile you at once. <laughs> you are like, Jesus! I have saved your life, I have saved your life, I have saved your, I euthanized you, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and you're like, what the hell's going on? And the first time, I died like a bitch, because it completely threw me. Yeah. Um, and then the second time, I thought, I'll be clever here. And I sniped the first guy who was just standing by the case. And then the other guys attacked me. But then there was no real way out of it. And then the third time, I think by accident, I ended up jumping over a fence and uh, killing a bunch of them. And <laughs> by, the, by the end of the game, you have hunted down and killed every NPC in that whole game. Yep. And then at the very, very end, you get to the jackal. And you're like, this is the guy, the guy I've come to hunt. He basically says, you're dying of malaria. You and I both know this. We are not getting out of this country alive. So I've got a proposition for you. These diamonds here need to be gotten to these refugees who are getting taken over the border. If they get them, then the citizens of this country can reclaim their country and actually have some semblance of safety. So you will actually have died for a good cause. But to do that, uh, somebody also needs to blow up this mountainside, and the dynamite's buggered, so you're going to need to basically attach the dynamite to this battery, which will immediately blow it up. So whoever's doing the dynamite thing's going to die. To make this a solid deal, whoever delivers the diamonds, there's also a gun in this case, you have to take out the gun and blow your own head off. And I thought, fuck! (laughs) Die for a really good cause, or die for a really good cause? That's not even a choice! No, it's not. I, I, I was so, I was looking back and forth and going, well, which way do I want to die? I mean, could I not just say, I'm sorry, Jackal, you're a very charismatic and powerful man, but I don't like this idea of killing okay, myself. Okay.
1: Well, then I'll, I'll put this to you, right. Al, which one did you choose, the other two? Briefcase. Matt? Briefcase as well. And what was your reason, Al?
0: I wanted to... I wanted to m- make sure I was directly responsible for... I, was- I wanted to make sure... I couldn't trust the jackal. If I blew myself up and the jackal disappeared with the diamonds, I thought, nah, fuck no. I will let him blow himself up mm-hmm. to-, to clear the road, and I will get those diamonds to the people. And I just wanted to be there when he actually took the br- gun out of the briefcase, put it to his temple, and pulled the trigger. Matt, wouldn't that have been such a powerful moment? Well, it would have been, on, yeah.
1: Hang on. Matt, why did you choose then? Uh
2: most most of my reasons are exactly the same as Alex's but um, when it came to the end of the game I I, I wasn't entirely sure it was the end of the game at first I thought that maybe you, if you took the briefcase and did this then the jackal would you know
0: have his way with it
2: and and take it off but yeah (laughs) yeah, it's it's (laughs) (laughs) practically that (laughs) but um, throughout the whole of the game for me there was this deep sort of I don't know I suppose it was born or bred into you from the, the start of the game where these people want democracy they want some sort of you know stable country and um in the interest it's actually interesting because they talk about this in the credits at the end of the game and um that briefcase seems to hold everything for them so obviously most of what i was thinking was you know take the briefcase do everything with the briefcase even if it means dying then so be it
0: which is so interesting, because you've not been altruistic at any point throughout this whole thing. There's no characterization of no. your guy. You're just like Gordon Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> You're just doing what people, other people are mm. telling you to. And at the end, you, you don't have a decision. You can't shoot the jackal and go, bollocks, I'm taking these. <laughs> um, you just have a decision to die in one way or die another. And that's again, that, se- that smacks of a game that was going to be different. Yeah, I think that that was going to be something else. I think I think
2: think that wasn't the end initially. I think there was probably something else after
0: that, or maybe even, or or maybe just the sequence. Yeah, a very basically. Today I went back and did the the battery on the dynamite, and what happens is you go to the dynamite, you press Y, and then it it does it. It it goes and the cutscene, and it does exactly the the same same cutscene as you you got the other one. Yeah, if you did it with the other one, it basically it shows the mountain blowing up, and then that's it. It just says. The diamonds were gotten to the people, and da, da 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 da. No one ever found the jackal, and you're like, oh, so the jackal blew himself up, yeah. and you know, or indeed, if he did it the other way so around, so the jackal got the diamonds to the people. But what doesn't happen, Tony, and this is the important thing: you don't open the case, you don't take the gun, put it to your temple, and blow your brains out. Don't see that anything. Would have been
1: <laughs> fucking brilliant. So it's a Metal Gear Solid <laughs> moment. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not like, oh, it, it doesn't say you didn't do it. It's just, it's sort of left in an ambiguous, all oh, maybe we'll bring back the hero of this. Character. This is when they announce Far Cry 3 and you're still alive. <laughs> uh, well, not because, again, you could have been any one of those uh, mercenaries. There's no reason why you would, be, you know, that they should keep that character. It's not like the character was all that good. But it would have been so, int- I think maybe they just got cold feet. Yeah. You know, In this game, you shoot yourself in the head. If anyone can get that far, they will have butchered so many thousands of people. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And I give you Persona. But surely that
2: would fit in with the whole mindset of the story anyway. You're in Africa. This country is yeah. pretty much destroying itself.
0: See, and it's you, destroying yeah. you. You're literally rotting the whole way through the game from this malaria. And I I thought I was going to get away. Before the Jekyll told me that, I was like, wait, I'm going to get on off, a plane. Yeah. I'm going to get the hell out of here. <laughs> and then, you know, see ya. But he was like, you're going to die of malaria out here. You know it. I know it. You've got two pills left. You're, you're dead in hours. And so th- there is no, there is no happy ending for people like us. And I was like,
1: wow. So, so what I find interesting here, and looking at it from the outside point of view, that, you know, haven't been wrapped up in this story, is, one, it actually sounds very similar to Blood Diamond even. To the very it is very similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and two,
0: I mean, God this was, place long ago. It was
1: well reviewed <laughs> and I've heard a lot of people talk very positively about it, but it wasn't mm. a commercial success in any way. Mm. And I don't, and I don't really. There's no Far Cry Two, Two in the works. Yeah, and I, I've heard very little about where the, the where the down. franchise is is pushing forward. And when I mean, maybe Ubisoft are actually um, they're trying similar techniques with some. If you've seen some of the early features of Ghost Recon Future Soldier, and how yeah. it's, you know, the open yeah. world and tactics, and it's not just a, a run and gun shooter as, you know, as other games have been doing. So maybe they're, they're just pushing it through different franchises, but we've heard nothing about, um, this being a success for Ubisoft and them wanting to bring mm-hmm. about the franchise. And it, and it would seem the run and gun shooting nature of the first, first game and then it, it's, it's kind of adequate sequels that could spawn from that was, you know, somewhat more of a success. So is this a success story? I, I guess it is because we want to see people trying different stuff, but at the same time it doesn't seem to be a commercial Viability, but then again, Crisis 2 seems to be doing very well, which takes some <laughs> of the same stuff, so.
0: I think the best it could do is inspire other game designers to go, I see what they were trying to do with that, I'm Let's gonna do it better. Further, yeah. yeah, I think a, a lot of game designers really, really liked Far Cry 2. And uh, I've heard a lot of positivity about it from, the, from that end of it. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I recommend everyone check out the Rev rant, uh, regarding Far Cry 2. I will put it in the uh, show notes uh to uh, the link to it on youtube it's a fascinating little uh, it's basically just everything we said there but uh f- from someone a lot more professional than us uh, so i mean do i recommend this game for the love of god it's less than a fiver stop your quibbling <laughs> just experience <laughs> it it's ultimately it's not the money that people are feeling uh, is 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 w- worrying to invest it's the time yeah. and if everyone's playing crisis 2 right now they're going to be like (laughs) kind of sick of this kind of game for a while but if you're not going to get crisis 2 yet this would be a perfectly adequate while you're waiting game
2: yeah i think i'd agree Uh, the main problem i have with it is the ending which we've just spoken about it's such an anti-climax for all of those hours you've put into the game Mm. it's like uh,
0: i think ultimately to to be able to punch your own ticket and actually do it yourself would have been somewhat i mean you'd have actually felt you know what he's right there is no happy ending for people like us, but it just gives, it cuts to a black screen and, and it gives you a sort of a Three Kings ending where it goes, oh, the refugees got out, it's all good. Which I kind of like, um,
2: yeah. Yeah, which is good, but... It's, it's like they've, they've tried, the, the two civil factions have tried to, you know, unite and create a republic government or whatever, and yeah. it hasn't worked and it leaves you there, so... I'd I li- I I'd like the ending in that aspect, but the fact that you can't, you don't have the option of, you know, shooting yourself... Hmm. really wasn't any climax for me especially after putting like 40 odd hours into the game yeah but-
0: uh, also, the, the other thing is your reputation goes up and up and up throughout the game. You start off completely unknown, and then some people, you, as it, it says in the, your diary, that people are beginning to notice you yeah, more. And then by the end, you're like, people say, I am the devil himself. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, I'm Kaiser Soze. And you drive through a checkpoint, and they go, let's kill him. <laughs> like, Nothing has changed. I'm not affecting anything. You may say people think I'm the devil himself, but I want to see these people going, it is him, the devil himself, and running, screaming that would be brilliant if you know the, the, the more you did the more you affected the world the, 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 I, again I think that's something that was going to happen yeah. but it just didn't it, this is kind of like Alan Wake a lot of people will, will feel similarly that Alan Wake was going to be completely different and ended up as, as what it was which was it pleased some and infuriated others yeah, now I was, yeah,
1: well, no, no, was going to say, it, I guess the difference is is knowing when to call quits because the, the problem with Alan Wake, of course, is they didn't and they carried on for seven years. Same problem hmm. with um, Duke Newton forever. forever. Uh, you know. Delayed <laughs> one more month, folks. <laughs> That's, no, yeah, I'm not going to get in.
0: we I, I did like the video though. Got, if, got, if you're going to do it, you may as well poke fun at yourself. We've got
1: better <laughs> things to talk about than Duke Newton forever, but yes, I, we do. I think. Obviously, what happened with Ubisoft is, you know, it's a lot of money being put into something like that, and they felt like the name was was going to pay them back on that. Clearly, it didn't towards the end, but there has yeah. to be a point when you go, okay, well, what feature sets need to stay in here and which ones will maybe take more Maybe time.
0: they should have left aliens
1: in there. <sighs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you get to the end of the Jekyll goes, nah! His head yawns open, revealing he's one of those centipede dudes. It isn't a bad game. I really enjoyed
2: it. And the thing that makes Far Cry stand out is when this game came out, especially on the PC, it was the benchmark of what the mm. games were capable of graphically, just like Crisis is and Crisis 2 is now, from what I've been hearing. Um, but, I mean, there's not many games where you have the opportunity to be walking around in the jungle. And a piece of foliage moves, and you start you you let off a clip into it because you can see a shadow underneath it, and you think it's a guy. (laughs) I had that happen so many times that I've not had happen in anything I can think of, Call of Duty or any any game where you know you're in an environment and the shadows are moving so much that you think someone is actually there.
0: I think that makes Far Cry kind of special. But uh, oh, um, did you you know that bit where you've got to take out that guy and he's in a hut at the top of a cliff and there's a big rope bridge in between him and the side? Did what did you do after you killed him? Jump off. <laughs> just run off it. Yeah, me too. I jumped off the rope bridge and plummeted. And it, it, this is not a scripted event, so if you get your jump wrong, you will clatter into rocks Thank and goodness. die horribly. And I just fell and fell and fell into the gorge below. I was like, oh, I am going to die. I have wasted everything I just did. <laughs> and I somehow survived. And I was in like a, 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 a tiny wisp of energy. I had no styrets left. And I made to crawl my way out of the jungle alive. And I felt like such a badass. Yeah, I
2: landed on, I landed on a branch. And then managed to hear <laughs> myself. It paled
0: your balls. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the first time I just died horribly. So yeah, that was. It's for moments like that, just moments of total random brilliance, that make this kind of game totally worthwhile and make me want to play Crisis Two quite a lot, actually. <laughs> Is Crisis okay. Two supposed to be this open world though? I don't know.
1: By the sounds I, as I've been hearing,
0: kind of <laughs> it's supposed to.
2: Judging by what the review, uh, I know it's IGN and they're 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 known for being biased and things, but um, hmm. <laughs> the review seems to state that it's quite linear. But judging by the way the first crisis played, I can't see it being well, as that linear because I'm I'm a big fan of the bi- the first crisis, but the story was crap. And um,
0: I've, are they ever going to do a console version of Crisis?
2: <laughs> I can't imagine so. No, unless they is it just impossible. Yeah, crisis two, enjoy. <laughs> nah. The fingers with Crisis 2 is it's getting all these reviews and it's nines out of ten. Crisis One, so Instincts, Predator. Yeah,
1: but I <laughs> maybe what they're talking about, Matt, then is is the Halo. as I was referring back to the Halo Star, where you know it's yeah. still a linear en- enough area, you know, it's it's open enough, but there's different ways that you can approach the situation rather than just you know this is the corridor, move down it.
2: Yeah, that's what but, was so good about the first Crisis though, because if you played that on the highest difficulty setting, the enemy spoke Korean, you didn't have a fucking clue what they were saying, <laughs> and it had such a brilliant you know dynamics of the we, game where you didn't want to run in and cuz they might be talking about flanking you or they might know you're there and you haven't got a bloody clue
0: <laughs> which brings us on to yeah let's have a little bit of music break got <laughs> yes let's uh, what what's a classic korean uh melody good idea i'm so
2: wrongy <laughs> so <lonely>, and <laughs> sad <so lonely,
0: laughs> so real lonely. Yeah. So, Tony, give us the same skinny, and in fact, of course, uh, uh, Matt's played as well, Homefront. Uh, Now, bear in mind, I haven't even played any of this yet at all, so I know less I mean, I I know the timeline. I read up on that today. I know it's Kim Jong-il's son, the bastard. Right, so... Amazingly, they changed in the trailers. (laughs) Nice. Oh, in Japan, I I also know that in Japan they changed uh, the name Korea to a certain northern country... (laughs) And the the leader is called that leader of that northern country, the northern leader. Brilliant. So yeah, John Milius is uh, writer of Red Dawn um, and Apocalypse. So, now. And oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> what a, what an interesting link in as well. So <laughs> he was also have involved in Red Dawn,
1: and they could be talking about Apocalypse now. Come
0: on. Well, because it's very similar. Have you seen Red Dawn? I haven't. No. Okay, Red Dawn. Tell, tell me if this sounds familiar. <laughs> Red Dawn is about a bunch of high school kids who are sitting in high school and then parachutes start coming in <laughs> and Rush, <laughs> Russia invades America yeah. via helicopter. Like, yeah, kind of. And then they, they shoot up the town and then all of the townspeople get like, herded into happy camps and these, uh, the, the football team take to the hills and make guerrilla strikes on the, uh, the Russians and uh, <laughs> yeah it's basically it's, it's John Milius' sort of right wing um, story about how uh, America could very well be taken down by uh, Russia were it not for the Wolverines not entirely dissimilar
1: <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I guess that's what he's good okay. at, so why not get the guy that was writing this, the material that you want to portray on screen yeah. with that. So, Okay, okay so... yeah. So let, yeah tell right, us. Now, now, this is obviously... I mean, in any other contents this would be hard to review. Now, I, I'm trying to review a game where you've just talked about Far Cry, this open, expansive world where, you know, lots of unique ideas are happening, and I'm going to have to talk about one of the most generic first-person shooters I've <laughs> <laughs> So this isn't technically going to come across maybe uh, as well are as... Are spawning, as spawning I doors? There's always spawning doors. No, there aren't, <laughs> apparently. I <Right, laughs> okay, tried
0: not have spawning doors.
1: So I think, I think the, the setup, actually, I need to do before we even get into talking about Homefront is THQ as a company. Um, mm. Now, THQ, they've made some pretty damn decent games in the past um, stuff like Red Faction which is you know a more recent popular the one that they've done very good on um, Saints Row you know but what Warhead DK <laughs> but then
0: hang on we're yeah, still talking about the good no, ones no, right that Ghost Recon
1: they, Ghost, no Ubisoft. No,
2: they didn't make Ghost Recon did they it was Ubisoft sorry mind blank I'm so, still on Far Cry
1: so they have made some good games but also as a company they were famous for making really crap shovelware titles and <laughs> so like they basically got all the film uh, uh, licenses and produced cheap and easy ports. Got them out there, and they made a lot of money from that. But there was a movement in in THQ a couple of years ago, very very similar to um, EA in the way they said, okay, well this is making us money, but it's not sustainable. Um, you know, the industry is moving forward, and we need to kind of grow with that industry and, and make sure the you know, games are a, a lot more impactful. So what they decided to do was to stop doing that and actually make um, uh, and bring quality up. So to focus on maybe five or six products rather than fifty products at once, and make sure that they're, they're as good as they can be, and that the word of mouth is the thing that sells the games. So, you know, I'm I'm all behind that, and they've been talking about um, Homefront as being their first one that is going to be leading this this uh, new strategy for the last two years. You know, I applaud THQ for that. You know, for for you know, in fact, Homefront was meant to come out a little while ago, and they delayed it a, a number of months so they could actually focus on the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, Anybody that has been following the press recently would know necessarily that that strategy hasn't panned out so great with Homefront because it's been getting middle in reviews. Now, this is a bugbear of mine, the way that the industry seems to be uh, working at the moment. On average, Homefront has been receiving seven out of tens, pretty much. I mean, there's there's a few lower than that and there's a few higher than that, and it all basically rounds itself down to seven. So Homefront has been uh, called a complete disaster because it is reviewing down in the 70s. That is just how messed up I think our industry and our scoring system is, because 7 out of 10 is actually a good game. It's above average, I mean it's not a, it's sure it's not a 9, it's not a must buy, but there's a damn good game, basically what most Mm. people are saying.
0: We can talk about that, Bob. Do you want to talk about that this week, or do you want to do a whole show on that? Because I think that would expand to a whole show, the the ridiculously high standards of internet-savvy gamers.
1: So, I mean, uh, I mean, so for somebody that hasn't played it already, you've kind of got like this negative attitude towards it, just because.
0: I am only doing it to tease you, no, no, and because and, of and the ridiculous right-wing
1: plotline. Well, and exactly. So, put that to one side. Which I'd say the same for COD. So, yeah. Yeah, true. So, put that to the side one second. So, know what THQ were trying to do, and know that they didn't necessarily succeed. So. The reasons that it's actually, and I, I'm going to say this is a 7 out of 10 game, and as much as people hate using the word 7 out of 10 because it's the most gene- generic scoring system ever, because you can mm. say, well, it's kind of good, but it's not kind of bad, and so it's a 7 out of 10. It actually is perfect for fitting within, within this style of game, and I shall try to explain why. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to talk about the story for the, for the time being. I'm going to put that to one side and actually concentrate on what actually the gameplay and some of the elements they're using and some of the positive stuff. Because I think the story is mostly where it trips up over itself. Um, if you've played shooters in the last kind of this ge- this generation, so the, the 360 generations, so like the last five or six years, you generally get a feel of how they're progressing, how new ideas happen, how, maybe how you know head movement on cameras can immerse you more, how you know climbing ladders and you know, certain things you know immerse you more into a first-person shooter rather than just holding a gun and a reticule on the screen and basically pressing you know. Whatever the trigger or the, the mouse buttons over someone's head and just pushing forward. This kind of falls back in a game that feels two years old.
0: Not far cry two then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, there's still there were people like you know innovating maybe about two years ago. But this just feels just feels a bit basic. Um, that the controls are a tad floaty. The weapons don't really have the the feedback that you want. They all feel. I mean, Matt, do you think they all feel roughly the same? Everyone's got a scope on it that in your, your desk yeah. Kind of on, it's one the zoom so you can take headshots, and not just pump guys in the chest. And it <laughs> just feels a bit generic, um, which is which is fine. I mean, I, because you know me and going after achievements, I play a lot of bad shooters, <laughs> um, so like, I, I actually have a pretty grounded um, reality of what actually makes a really bad first-person shooter. See something like Shell Shock. Um, You know, that's really bad. And this is just... It just feels like, okay, it's by the numbers. It's just another shooter. Um, Which is... I mean, uh, yes, sure, that makes it, I guess, a a 7 out of 10 as well. Um, You talking about Far Cry and and its open world story and how you can attack different (laughs) things in a different manner (laughs) if you wish to do. This is very, very linear. Um, Uh.
0: well, the first I can I could not even get through black ops i I can't play the well, this this simple
1: do you know why you will get through this game why? This four it's hours easy long. oh god <laughs> now this I want to actually want to ask both of you a question how do you feel about a four-hour story driven game because
0: I'd feel uh, uh, somewhat cheated out of 40 well, pounds but
1: this this is something that the industry has talked about and this is something that many podcasts have talked about um a story that is you know is uh, well written. And
0: if it's f- okay, if it was if it was Portal and that's four hours long, and I paid forty pounds for it, I would still come out of that game. That was fucking brilliant. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So, so what
0: seriously, then, but if it was Terminator Salvation,
1: mm, well, so. I think they they tried to do that. I mean, it, it's only it's literally only four hours long Now I played it for eight hours because I was playing it on Gorilla difficulty, which is the hardest difficulty, and yeah, you know, I got that? a lot more um, immersed in in the combat, but. I can't. If you play and play out on them, well, you will complete it in four hours. Now, it just brings up an interesting question about if you want to experience a narrative that is being fed to you, rather than you wander around the place and, and you know soaking up the atmosphere at your own pace. But this is—it just—it plays out like a film. I mean, a four-hour film would be far too long, and they don't really assist. And it would need to be something like um, Law of the Rings*, but you are actually interacting, obviously, with gameplay. So, but it, the narrative just absolutely flies by. And, you're just, and it is a roller coaster ride. Matt? I mean, I know I've yeah,
2: I, 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 I literally just completed it, and unlike you, I've done it on normal. Um, it is short, but it's a good short. Um, I think Edge reviewed it recently and gave it a 5, which I thought was a bit unfair. Um, but I think a lot of people are coming into this game expecting Call of Duty. And that's one of the things not to expect, because when you play this, the first thing you notice is it's a shock and awe campaign right from the start. Mm-hmm. It's it's got mass graves, prison camps, children oh, in the yeah. middle of battles, which is one of the most affecting things. And well, the sheer force of the Koreans arrayed against you is massive. I mean, they've got tanks, they've got helicopters, they've got air support. There's a scene in the game where you run over a hill and you see the whole city vista before you on fire. That's,
1: Tony, you'll probably remember. See, that, that
0: sounds really yeah, impressive. This, this is what I'm going to get. That's to. selling it to me more than anything yeah, else. That's what I'm, an apocalypse moment.
1: I'm, I'm Sorry. setting people up now for the, okay, so it's an average shooter. It's an average gameplay star shooter. It doesn't do anything particularly fascinating. There's some vehicle sections, there's turret sections, they're just, you walk through areas and you kill people. The thing that I think most people have completely glazed over, um, mainly because of the story, but, and I will get onto that at the very end of, of this, you know, talking about I, what I think are the highlights of this game, is it's, Immersiveness, not in the same way as, as something like Far Cry, where you get to choose of where you're going and as and when, and you know you feel maybe like you're that character, but in its setting. Now, yeah. obviously, you know most people know the story here. This is um, you're on American soil and it's been invaded by Korea. I'll get into that a second, but you're fighting on home territory and. Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2. That, to me, was the best part of that game is when you're fighting on American soil, just because it's something mm. that games don't normally um, yeah. play with. And so the, the immersive atmosphere is that you're, you're running through this suburban area. And I think it's, graphically, it's not the most amazing thing. It likes just feels a couple of years old. But the actual um, kind of the, the artistic stance, the assets of the, these villages feel utterly realistic and, and alive. I mean, sure, you can't blow bits of wood apart and, and everything's made out of concrete pretty much. But you feel like this, this is a place you are fighting for a suburb rather than just, you know, a, a bit, you, you could be in any town, any place, you know, across, you know, Af- I'll say Africa, but that's not, really the case. <laughs> but, you know, any um, eastern town as which most, uh, you know, war games feature or even, um, you know, a German city. So... I, I, I really got involved in, you know, not necessarily in, in the plot, but just playing a character whose life has been turned upside down, who, at the last point you wouldn't have expected, um you know, America is, is, you know, the most powerful country in the world, you wouldn't expect it suddenly to be invaded, and, and there's a long plot of why they, they eventually get invaded and how this happens, but there, there's fantastic setup of how, um how, I think, how the invading invo- force that you you feel utter passion about wanting to kill, just because yeah. it feels that much more um, grounded to you, that, you know, if if I was fighting in London, you know, I, I, the streets that I know. And that happens. There's a couple of places in the game that are very famous. We're not going to spoil, because I think they're actually some of the standout moments in the game where you're fighting through these landmarks, and you're like, Jesus Christ, Um, you know, to see these, these worn on sections. Now, it doesn't really, really, I think, maybe some cheap tricks but something i don't you don't normally see in games um matt actually mentioned a couple there's there's a scene where minor spoilers maybe um, <laughs> there's a scene where you're you're fighting a battle and there's a, a woman with a baby um, being carried in her arms and she's in the back of this room there's bullets going everywhere and the baby's absolutely in tears crying its eyes out and you're having this massive firefight in the room that really got to me um, yeah just because you don't See, You know, Alex, you're talking about no civilians in Far Cry 2. And, Hmm. here, you know, here's a...
0: That would have been very, very effective.
1: Yeah, here's a civilian, and, you know, and and you don't want to see this... I mean, this woman won't be killed in the baby, and, you you will die, of course. But just something about that baby crying over the the gunfire, uh, as much as, you know, maybe the the shittiness of some of the gameplay, that got to me. I was like, wow, that's that's really immersive. It's a cheap trick, I grant you, but it's quite immersive. Another minor spoiler, but bear with me... um, you get to a scene where I don't mind where there there's a bunch of Americans being basically bulldozed into a mass grave in a football pitch in a football pitch a dawn star you know in a, in a real iconic place uh, in, in in like a college grounds you walk through a uh, wonderful a school that's utterly in, in tatters and alight and you come to their football pitch and they've just dug up one side and they're bulldozing um, Americans into graves and you're like shit ser- I mean. Not only, and not only necessarily does it matter that they're Americans at this point. I think games don't kind of portray that well enough. You know, the reasons why you should hate the enemy that you're fighting, not just well, you kind of they kind of did this. We kind of told you in the story, but you don't actually see in these actions. You know, you see yeah. them killing civilians, um, and quite impactful. I actually found that quite impactful. Um, but all that stuff, and Matt, I'd be interested to in get your take on this. All that stuff falls apart at the seams purely because the story isn't good enough to hold it all together.
2: Yeah, it, it, it drags out, doesn't it? Sort of spin well, it drags to the out end. in
1: four hours. I, the, the reason, <laughs> the thing that got me about this is all that stuff was really impactful to me, but I didn't believe it for a second because of the no. situation that they stuck you in. So, what they're saying is that North Korea invaded South Korea. Or well, North Korea and South Korea... No,
0: no. Uh, North Korea and South Korea unified. unified and and that's... The unified Korea invades China. China. Set off an uh, EMP in the upper but atmosphere of America. But that's the biggest
1: problem. North Korea and South yeah. Korea would never... Joined together. Never, absolutely never. If you, if you read, if you know any kind of history, there would be no chance of those two, uh, joining together.
0: Well, apparently Kim Jong-il's son got the Nobel Peace Prize because he managed to unify them. Uh,
1: yeah, and so then they, they go on this, and it's very similar in, in a Germ a Germany situation. Yeah, you know, they go on and, and take, and start taking over countries. So Japan becomes the next one that has to surrender. And then they have, you know, the world's biggest force. Uh, and because of that, then they can control oil prices. Oil prices go up. What's the first thing that suffers? people in america obviously everything <laughs> is basically and it's all very you know very situations what's actually happening now about you know everyone's complaining about how petrol's going up and how industry is stifled and how people are keeping up the pumps
0: it's described as speculative fiction rather than
1: science fiction well, my problem is okay give me a story i understand that story but don't make it real life countries and people because if you're going to have people burying You know, killing civilians in the street, pushing them in graves, firefighting in battles where the baby crying. Do not be racist enough and make it people that haven't actually done this stuff. North Korea can be many things. They are very much a a suppressive country for sure, but we don't see images coming, you know, beaming out there of them killing random people on the street. It's not a Hmm. Mugabe moment.
0: So something like uh, perfect examples then Gears, Gears or Killzone.
1: Just make it a fictional force. It just... Yeah. It never...
0: Fictional or aliens or... The another planet, but still, yeah, Helgun or... Uh, I suppose the locusts are already aliens and that, that sort of... If it was another human force in Gears, that would be a, maybe more effective. I
1: don't know. Yeah, Gears is just so just, muscular. It doesn't earn the right to pick a country and say mm. they are this evil. At all. Yeah. And that really got under my skin. So... As much as I think this is a game of ideas, it actually it, it pushes I think the boundaries on, on occasions, even though the gameplay is just average. Technically, it doesn't say
0: they are this evil; it says they will be this evil in a few decades.
1: Yeah, but you imagine if somebody. But still, yeah. Imagine if somebody uh, developed a game, um, let's say in the uh, in the East, that suddenly made out that you know Britain the, the British people British are, are going to be new. massacring people and pushing them into graves. I think oh, we would Christ. have a, a thing or two to say about that.
0: Yeah. True? Well, I'm already kind of bothered by the fact that the hellgast have British accents. <laughs>
1: out. So, I mean, I want to get your opinion about, on the story. You've only just completed it tonight.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, going on to just what you said about, obviously, North Korea and South Korea not uniting, I mean, I study history at university, right, as most of you know, and um, I, come, I'm, I come at it from a weird aspect, the fact that if we go back, say, 300 years now, and you say to some random English peasant, Within two hundred years, there'll be a war, and we will ally with the French. You wouldn't think that would happen I mean stuff happens in history they have a it's okay for them to give a, give us a plot that is perfectly feasible, and they give it a really brilliant backstory as they show you in the do, yes. it's the intro movie isn't it mm. Where they've got um Hillary Clinton talking about the sinking of the Chenom, which happened last year and um it it's a really good, strong story that splinters out as I've said. But it kind of does everything that Modern Warfare 2 does in the background, but brings it all yeah. to the foreground, if you get me. So we've got the, the famous massacre scene in Modern Warfare 2. That's practically going on through most of Homefront. Yeah. Uh, the mass graves that I mentioned earlier, the prison camps, obviously um, the child that you mentioned. And then uh, something kicked in me when I was fighting that battle that I had to protect this child. Like, this is the future of your country, of your race, whatever. And you have to protect them. And it just kicks in. I, I suppose it's human instincts. I mean, I, I haven't got kids. I'm way too young to probably have kids. But I suppose, Alex, you've got a young daughter, haven't you? Okay, yes. I have, yes. I suppose if it came into an aspect of you having to protect your, chi- your child, you'd do anything to, to save her. It, uh, yes. Exactly. Practically anything. I mean, I'm sure if I ask my dad, my dad's in the in the Air Force at the moment. And I'm sure he'd do anything to to protect us and to, probably to protect his country.
1: And it's um, that much more powerful just because it's on it our is. home soil. The setting of it yeah. is, you know, is is really effective in that.
0: Like even though ironically it's not our home soil. <laughs> no, but it's the closest that you know. We can no more claim to America than we can North Korea. It's not, but I think it takes a lot of references from a PC game that you probably haven't
2: heard of called World in Conflict. Um, mm-hmm. This was this was a real time strategy game, and when they released the initial trailers for this, it was the Russians invading. Los Angeles, I believe it was. And they were fighting in a Burger King. And in a packed-up Burger King with people buying food. And there was a fight between the Russians and the American Marines. And that sort of thing comes across. I mean, the major set piece in the game, spoiler here, is the the fight at the discount store, the computer store, that you constantly go in and out of. I'm sure you know the, the part that I'm talking about. So that's the one standout point in the whole game for me, as well as well, right before the end. But I yeah. didn't think it had a lot... Story-wise, it had a big impact on me, but I mean, it is—we've seen it all before. So I don't know what people expect, and it is very Apocalypse Now. We we mentioned John Milius, the writer of it, co-wrote Apocalypse Now, co-wrote Apocalypse Now. It is very like that. There's scenes of shock and awe. The scene that I mentioned, where you go over the hill and you see the planes bombing, that's very like the napalm bit in the, in Apocalypse Now, where they drop the napalm and you see all, the, and the grenade that is chucked in the helicopter that blows up in Apocalypse Now. I could quite easily start that fitting into this home front thing, but they have done what Tony and I agree with you wholeheartedly. This, they have made North Korea or Asiatic people in general look like they will do anything to to destroy.
1: Butchers. Yeah.
2: yeah, butchers And the thing is, the plot may be feasible to them, but what's going on in Europe? Why aren't any? Why? Why hasn't America's allies come to their aid? Why are well, they just let them get on with this?
1: All, all that is actually, if you start collecting the believe it, the audio diaries, although they're actually just manuscripts that they're not, you know voiced out that yeah. is actually start to the place so the, the story that kind of story is all kept down to like i mean it's 63 different um you know audio diaries. but that that I've should be five. fed, <laughs> yeah that should be fed more in the actual main plot but i mean this is the point i want to get across to you out was a lot of people seem to be focusing on well it's very it's just a very generic shooter yeah. i agree wholeheartedly is completely generic in, in its shooting terms of, you know this the set pieces are. You know, that's what we come to expect from our shooters nowadays. But there is Mm -hmm. certain scenes in there, certain things that I think it brings to the shooter genre. Arresting imagery. that, That haven't actually been there before. So the people just writing it off. And I, you know, I kind of understand where they're coming from with, um, purely because I think the story just isn't good enough to hold those scenes, uh, you know, in, in limelight against all the other stuff. But at least, I guess at least it, it tries to have a, a, um, a plot where – I, I I'm trying to think of something like Call of Duty, but I'm trying to remember what the actual plot of that was, and it's so absurd that – it didn't really uh, have one. Yeah. Which, Modern Warfare 2? Yeah, or any of the – yeah. Yeah, Modern Warfare.
0: Well, see, I actually really like – the original Modern Warfare 1 was a, a tight game with a decent enough plot, even yeah. though it was a bit sort of anti-Russian. Um, it, it's just gone batshit mental since then. <laughs> And the 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 games have gotten more loose and woolly as uh, they've gone along, and yet been selling more and more. So I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm sick and tired of doing that sniper level over and fucking over again. It's like hey, let's do the bit where you're doing the sniper level. Sniper levels
1: there, and the be quiet levels there. Is there a helicopter flying level? There is. Yes. There is. Oh my god! Is
0: there a turret section?
1: Um, Oh, there's a bit on the back of the car. Oh, there's an achievement for letting people burn mercy as well you yeah so mercy.
0: so deserving of it's, if it 's sevens, then it seems to be being awarded, well, certainly not without merit in there, but not in terms of actual shooter gameplay, nothing that 's going to blow you away in terms of i can 't believe i 'm managing to do this it 's more <laughs> what you 're seeing,
1: yeah the, the atmosphere yeah. and the imagery on screen is a lot mm. more impressive than the, the plot which I actually found so kind of like blood diamond then. A stupid action <laughs> movie which has some bits that you go. Hmm, actually, yeah, once again, I love Diamond linking the two uh, to two games very succinctly together. Yeah, so, I think the presentation's the
2: strongest it's, thing it's got basically.
1: <laughs> so I mean, put I mean, I, I'm going to for a second here. I want to talk about the multiplayer because I actually think a lot of the the, the decent uh, aspects of why you should buy Homefront actually is this within its multiplayer, and I yeah. have a feeling that. Multiplayer was always the focus of this of this game anyway. If if you know mm. the developer, they did uh, Frontlines: Fewer Wars, in which is yeah. single player. So this is based on. Something. Well, yeah. it's single player. Before that, um, was basically it's, it's. I said basically never should re say that more than three or four times. and say something not nonsense. allowed. Have to have to Frontlines, you followed the the multiplayer maps and stuff was all stuff from the single player. So it was It was like the single player was very loosely designed just so there would be, you know, something to put like a tick on the box, but the multiplayer was the focus of it. Always risky to go down that route. So I think this time they're clearly more um, adept at creating multiplayer games, but, you know, to stand in there against Call of Duty, well, they needed to add a single player, and they, they decided to go the shocking route. And some of that works, some of that doesn't. But the multiplayer, I think, is absolutely amazing. Absolutely, I'm, I'm in love with it. I'm, I'm really. Am. <laughs> when it um, works. <laughs> when it works, we're getting onto that as well about THQ's quality control. So, so be it. What it is, the, the easiest way to set it up is you, you fight within all these um, uh, American towns. Once again, the, they've done the same trick. Most suburbs. Of suburbs. Yeah, most of these uh, the bits are taken from the single player, but they're so superbly designed. Um, I've never been a huge fan of the Call of Duty multiplayer just because it seems that anything I do, I die so quickly. <laughs> now, this this has Team Deathmatch and uh, a, a, made, a mode called Ground Control, but Team Deathmatch has 24 players and Ground Control has 32 players compared to Call of Duty's 16 players. So in many respects, it should be twice as... Um, intense. <laughs> and, well, it's, it's intense, but no, twice, I should die twice as quick. Because there's that many more people on either side that you know I, I should be just dropping down and dying, but the maps are so brilliant. But surely your buddies will protect well, you. Yeah, you're not that bad, Tony. <laughs> It'll be even. The, but the maps are so brilliantly designed that that doesn't actually happen. They're they're big maps because there's a lot of players within these um, within the servers, and there, there's areas where you can you know you can get on top of the buildings, you can snipe. Um, There, there's lots of alleyways and corridors, but you can also, you know, hold out in, in, inside buildings and, but everywhere it seems to be like of equal standing. Something I never really got the, (laughs) never really felt in Call of Duty because maybe I died (laughs) just a bit too easy. But it's just so brilliantly managed. And not only do they do that, they, they add a couple of unique stuff. It, once again, how, has bars you can fill up. The perch system is back all strong. But there's less. There, I think there's what there's about. A dozen guns you can unlock in total. Yeah, it's
2: based on a point system as well. When, points, whereas yeah. Call of Yeah, whereas Call of Duty gives you a you know a set like up. like a perk like a sprint or something like that. This one gives you five points to spend on like a certain amount of things. So that whether that that is five lots of the one or two twos and the one, it gives you the ability to mix and match. It, it is really <laughs> unique, and I completely agree with you, Tony. I, I'm really enjoying it when it works. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it's, so the perk system, what it allows you, it, if you rank up, you you get the ability to use different rifles and whatnot, and you you unlock different tactical class so That's very Call of Duty. But during the main game, they actually give you battle points. Um, anything that you do within the main game, see so if you get a kill, you get say two hundred battle points. If um, you can use a drone to, to spot people, you get a couple of hundred battle points every time that you spot those. Fifty for a headshot. <laughs> Yeah, so it basically, it's almost like in a a bullet storm-esque kind of way. It's (laughs) constantly rewarding you for doing stuff, and by doing that, every time you die, you have the option of buying new equipment to hopefully, you know, be better, you know, after your death. So, you have this choice of, well, I can spend 200 battle points, so that's pretty easy to get, but I can spend that on a flat jacket, but then that takes my 200 battle points away, and, you know, I, I need to then get a lot more for the bigger stuff. So, for instance, if you want to get in a helicopter, You'll need two and a half thousand battle points, which is a lot of playing, you know, shooting people in that game and doing all the, you know, the, the smaller tasks such as drone spotting and whatnot. So that, the big artillery doesn't seem to really come out until quite, quite close to the end of the match when you exactly, you want it to come out. So it's not instantaneously someone's got a five kill string, bang, they're bringing the helicopter out, bang, the missiles are coming down. Yeah. God, it's all gone to shit already and I haven't even left the spawn point. Um, it's more of a gradual, you know, I think the matches of what? 10, 10, 15 minutes long and it's more towards the back end of that 10 minutes that things are really starting to heat up everyone's now unlocking this stuff and then it's all going shit, batshit crazy but you've enjoyed yourself before that 10 minutes of not just constantly dying and it really allows you to be creative in, in the way that you want to play it for instance, I've got really good at using the drone now what this drone does <laughs> you, it costs 250 battle points but you, you pull it up and you can make your perks so the drone moves faster it, it can take more hits um, and it spots people quicker and easier. But you can then bring that up and it highlights everybody on the map for other people to see where the actual enemy are. So they bring some big red crosses on there and they can go hunting for them and then you can get assist points if they happen to kill them. So if you get people actually playing this right, you've got people spotting, you've got people trying to save their, their money out for the late parts of the game, and you've got people with the flat jackets just trying to push forward and get the kills. Yeah. Um, so you could be playing team death match. But the best one is ground control. Very similar to Battlefield, where you're pushing for points on the map um, and basically trying to take those and, you know, it's pretty much almost own flag, isn't it? It's a countdown timer. You've got to try to hold those. Whoever gets the most time, then it pushes forward. And if then they capture it, it pushes back towards you. So you can end up in these really good games where it's just this push-pull mentality of you pushing towards their base and then they pushing towards your base. And if you're playing it right, it's really good. On top of that, they add this... Um, is it? what's it called it's um will you go finding other people who are, are doing really well in the game it's like, oh battle commander is it, is that what they are the battle commander
2: yeah it has it basically gives the game mode an a i which chooses certain targets, for example, there might be a guy on one team who's had twelve kills in a row and he's on he's he's hot at that point, yep, so the battle commander gives you your team a task to eliminate him, and you get a certain amount of experience points battle points even.
1: Yeah. So he. Four so yeah. Say if he's uh, a battle rank two out of five, then maybe you will get an extra three hundred points on top of that. But if he's, uh, you know, you know the people on Call of Duty where they're rank, you know, <laughs> the are twenty kills in front of everybody else, and you're like, Jesus Christ, I don't even know where they are. Um, they they highlight that person on the map and just say, Look, this is the guy you need to be taking out. He's ripping your squad apart. Hunt him down. <laughs> and they give you a certain amount of time limit to hunt him down. Now, if you take out a five star battle commander, you get about two thousand points. And so what happens is, you're thinking, well, do I take this position here and try to hold it? Or do I go searching for that guy to get more battle points for the team to actually, you know, benefit the team in the greater maybe? Or do I just, you know, gotta hold my one position here and make sure that, you know, we're still catching points here? I found that, I found it's a a really good way of actually controlling really good players in the game because they're they're never really safe. And I like that aspect of it. There's so many gadgets and stuff that you can there's helicopters there's jeeps there's tanks there's these little turret things that drive around like the <laughs> remote control cars but they're all relatively easy to kill um some of the later tanks and helicopters are an absolute pain in the ass but so they should be there they, they're massive amount of battle points to get there and i just felt i feel like it it's a really interesting balanced version of what you know a different take of what cod is because it, it's roughly the same type of gameplay you're still running around trying to kill people but it just it, it allows you a lot more options and if you you feel in you know if certain nights you're not you're perfectly on your game of shooting people with an assault rifle there's so many options for you then well fine I'm going to be the guy that's in the, the drone just to spot people in the distance and actually still benefit my team and still ranking up as well it doesn't penalise you for being wanting to be that guy that's actually being an auxiliary role rather than just someone on the front line so works really 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 well Biggest problem, though? Dedicated servers. <laughs> Do you know yeah. how all those PC gamers that bitch and moan that, you know, <laughs> you know console gamers for our peer-to-peer shit, <laughs> and how great dedicated servers are, and how we should be- enjoy these things because you can get that many more people on the map? Uh, yeah. Great when they work, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And that's the great thing about peer-to-peer. Nine times out of ten, it's easy to connect to somebody because there is no server to go down. And... <laughs> Homefront has been so well um, promoted by THQ, and although the reviews scores have been middling at, at, at best... Unprecedented people been, demand. People have been picking it up, and the side effect is, is <laughs> that out of... I think it's about... Yeah, coming out to a week now. And the servers uh, are fine during the day because nobody's playing it. But as soon as that 8 o'clock kick around, you can pretty much guarantee that servers have crashed. And you might be able to find the game, but if you want to drag your party in there, they (laughs) disable that at the moment because that can't work. Um, And it seems to be having all sorts of issues. So there's a fantastic multiplayer there that can't be played. There's a fantastic, I think, a really interesting (sighs) single player there but has some real problems. And I think the story to me is the major problem in that. So when someone talks about a 7 out of 10 game, say, say, well, yeah, that's home front, because it does fill that category. It's it's not a bad game. It's not perfect, but it does many things I actually think a lot of the bigger, more polished franchises can actually take from and actually incorporate in their game and actually make those games better, because this this is what it just cries off. THQ obviously have, have had this bigger drive and, and more money into this uh, franchise, and it, I think they, they can make this into a franchise but they need to make sure their quality control is better than this because it's just not good enough at the moment.
0: So it's going to be influential to developers who will take the best aspects of it and make it better in years to come. In
1: many respects, I think pairing this and Far Cry was actually quite an ingenious move because Far Cry had all the ideas and didn't sell.
0: We both rock.
1: (laughs) Homefront has its ideas, but is actually quite generic and is selling by the bucket loads. So, yeah, each one could maybe take a leaf of the other. I I guess what uh, I would take out of this is you need to promote your stuff. I think if Far Cry was better promoted, then maybe it would have sold more copies, because that is something that THQ clearly have got the the message of, if you want to sell this stuff, plaster is everywhere, because it is everywhere. There's been 2.4
0: million million units sold to date, and Far Cry 2 has sold 2.9 million, and it's got way over a two-year head start.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But for what it's worth, if you're interested in um, just a quick single-player story, it's not bad. Um, It'd be interesting to, you know, it's what we've talked about tonight, some of those just set-piece moments, how, how you find them impactful. and It'd be fascinating to feel like whether, you know, it's as racist as something that you, I think it is. <laughs> it's just wrong the way that it goes down there. But for anybody, I th- give the servers a couple of weeks, because I think it, it, obviously it will sort itself out. It's the same as uh, my experience with uh, Test Drive 2. Six weeks after launch, that game is now playable. And there's a damn good game underneath all the, all the, you know, what was the initial bugs and the patches had to come out. Same with Killzone. Running off Killzone 2. 3. Free. Free? <laughs> running on, running on uh, a dedicated servers had real problems for the first couple of weeks and they finally sorted out a number of patches come out and now that's a really good shooter as well. So give it a couple of weeks before you just, you know, completely make your mind up but it's not worth the negative press it's been receiving right. all, all well. But a lot of people seem to be overly negative on something I actually think is, is, makes a good attempt at being something different even though it's, it's still guised in a, a very standard style, uh, single player shooter. Um,
2: Sum it up
0: better than that. Sum
2: sum it up better than that. Um, Just popping back really quickly to the commercial aspect of what you said about it being plastered everywhere, and it is everywhere. They've done a live-action telly ad and everything. Now, I work in game, and um, a few... Didn't it confuse
0: people? They thought that they were being invaded. (laughs) I haven't heard that. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that. But um, I've had people come... Well, not
2: coming. We had the THQ rep in probably a week before launch, and he said, now I don't know if he was correct, but I'm just going to trust him. Um, He said that it's the most amount of money THQ have ever spent advertising a game. Now that's more than their biggest brand, which is SmackDown, from what I can gather, sales wise. But um, 6 million is a lot of money. I mean, Killzone, the, the Sony rep, said they spent 7 million on that. And that was everywhere. That had 3D television adverts. It was on between all of the football games, the Champions League matches. And this really has been everywhere. And I think they were shocked at how what an unprecedented success it's been because we have sold this game off the shelves. And I've spoken to Tony about this several times. This year has been really weird working in a game store because Dark Dead Space 2 didn't sell very well.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: Test Drive didn't sell very well. Bullet Storm sold like mad. And I mean, crazily, but a lot of the people who we asked about it were buying it for gears, which you can't play until yeah, April. Yeah. And all, most of the other big releases that have come out so far this year haven't had the same impact. Dragon Age 2, we have pr- barely sold about 20 copies in our store.
0: Jeez. We're, 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 a, we're a large town store, so we get... For so people aren't really into the idea of uh, moral quandaries. No, I don't know, I don't... They like to shoot dudes in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Bulletstorm is okay. a good game, do not get me wrong, but... Uh, it,
2: it's bonkers just absolutely bonkers and Homefront is probably so far the second best selling game that we've had in our store this year and it is a really good game I think a lot of the reviews have been really focused on the single player which is a shame because you can tell from what Tony's just stated that the multiplayer right, that is the best aspect of the game yeah, yeah.
0: And I think Uh, it's interesting that that they would focus on the uh, single player for this game, but for Modern Warfare uh, two, for every friggin' COD game, your standard quality single player. But that's not what really this is about. (laughs) Let's get to the multiplayer, shall we? Brilliant.
2: I think that's what it's trying to be. I think we've had a lot of people come in and they're like, "Oh, is it like Call of Duty?" And we've said no, and they've put it straight down. Or we've had people come in. It is from the start (laughs) of (laughs) it. It's not. It's a lot more like Battlefield.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's play. It's 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 weird. I read a review, and do they know what Battlefield is when you say? Uh,
2: not a lot of people, oh, people do,
0: in fact. It's not because oh, biggest... we're trying to make Battlefield Three bigger than uh, yeah co- the next Cod, then.
2: But <laughs> yeah, well that's supposed to have 64 players on dedicated servers, so we'll see if that works out. That'll swing it. <laughs> yeah, it will swing it. But um, the dedicated servers they are a massive problem. But from what I can gather, the PCs had no trouble at all. Mm. The PS3 was patched the other day, and for some strange reason, despite the exclusive maps and stuff that the Xbox has got. Xbox is being patched last.
1: Well, I don't know why that is. Of the certification process. That's what I yeah. must to do well, they are paranoid about it, I guess for good reasons. But when we've when we've tried to
2: play by ourselves this worked, fine me, you, knock on and some other people tried to get in a game on Monday night and it took us probably an hour or two to even get anywhere. Just sat there, yeah, on the yeah. screen. And when we did get and somewhere
0: that's in the first week of
2: release. <laughs> I know and when we did get somewhere, Tony would be in the game, I would be in the game, and everyone else would be sitting in the lobby. Yeah, but-
1: <laughs> what, what I would say is that, um, you know, I if you do get in a game, um, and normally, like I say earlier in the evening, once you serve something, you know, haven't actually been ramped, if you do get in a game, 32 players, there seems to be very little lag, it all runs nice and smooth, and it, feel, it it just feels... There's something it, unique about having
2: yeah, 16 people running around in front of you as well. That's awesome. It's, it's like it you're
1: does, in the world or something like that. It does a really great, and this is the last thing I'll say, but it, it does this uh, really great thing when you die, um, and you you pick whatever class you're gonna be to, to come back in. <laughs> <A> tank. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it zooms like a real large part of the map, so it shows all the map, and then it zooms you down back into where your body is gonna be, at, you know, at, obviously at the start. But with that, it, it highlights every single one of the enemies as a, you know, yeah. as a red triangle, I think, yeah, you, on, on the map. Mm. So as you're coming down, It's not just like, oh, oh, here we go, off we go again. Where are they? You're looking and going, right, where's the next person I'm actually going to head to? And quite often you'll see like maybe this sniper up on the hill off to the left, and he's got no allies with him. They're all to the right map. And all of a sudden you'll do that, and maybe there'll be like three or four people that previously (laughs) died with you, and everybody goes to the left. (laughs) And suddenly you've got this sniper up there, and he will be in the hills, and like, "Jesus, Jesus Christ the whole army is pushing towards this one guy <laughs> getting
0: dog pounded he's,
1: he's the easy target so they're all pushing to the left but then you know you die again and you realise that every now everyone's starting to pull to the right and you're actually rotating yeah. around the map
0: brilliant these all sound like really good ideas that could be implemented to a, you know, maybe a better game later as, as you say well,
1: I, think, I think the multiplayer will actually have a fan base I think have it'll a, fan base, a lot, yeah, yeah it will do a lot better than Frontline's Viewer Wars which died pretty damn quickly um, I, I really like the revenge
2: system as well I think that's really unique
1: once you die, then you get more points. Yeah,
2: it, you get more points for going and hunting down the person that killed you. And I know...
0: It's not unique. That's from Burnout. Is it? Uh, revenge uh, Rival.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. right.
0: I was wrong. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's not been done in a, a shooter before. No, it, they've it, had... Everything's a remake.
2: They've had, like, things in Modern Warfare 2 where you've killed someone and you've got, like, revenge written across the thing. But right. on this, you specifically get more points. So it encourages you to do things. And because there's this constant AI battle commander watching over the situation everyone tends to head for it. Um, When you do get in like a helicopter or a tank, as Tony says, they are incredibly hard to take down, but one of the best things to do is to like, when you get the, there's, there's two little robots, isn't there? One's got a machine gun, I think. One's got a rocket. Yep. And if you sit back and fire at it from a distance, you tend to destroy it a lot quicker. But the more kills he gets, obviously, the better he gets, the higher the star value, the more people go after him. It is a really cool aspect of, Something that Modern Warfare 2 doesn't tend to do. I mean, obviously we've we've said that a few 20 kills ahead on Modern Warfare 2, everyone's just like, oh, he's too good. But that's one of the things. The second you drop into a battle in this game, you're equal. The guns seem to play exactly the same, but everybody has that same opportunity to get that certain amount of battle points to buy a helicopter or whatever they want.
1: I, I nice. think the unique thing about it as well is if you just if you're really having a bad game, and I've said this previously, yeah. you can you can switch to a class that actually just lets you be in you know out in the back and, and you know, helping support, your fellow yeah. soldiers. Yeah, just a support class. You know, same way as Battlefield and its, its medic system. You know, if you're not so great at, at, at the gunplay, it'd just be a... I mean, I've had this two or three nights just like, okay, <laughs> I'm not really feeling, you know, trying to get the, the kills of the assault rifle tonight. I'm just going to sit up in the hills and snipe or, you know, um, you know use this drone. I, lo- I, I actually love the drone just because <laughs> it utterly pisses people off constantly because... They try and shoot it down. They miss it. You'll get this mark above your head. You'll basically get this mark on your on your screen that says, "Okay, you are being tracked." And you're like, "Shit, that means everybody can see me." So you're constantly trying (laughs) to work out where this drone is. And what the people do, you know, they they normally have it really high, so like everyone can see, everyone can shoot it down. But if you bring it just below below um, like fence lines. Um, people tend to not <laughs> look there. They're you just be hanging around them, highlighting the whole of the battlefield because you're down at eye level. Nobody's just is bothering looking at a fence line, they're all too busy looking above them, trying to find it. So you just become this really irritating person. Yes <laughs> you 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 yourself, you're actually stored away in a house right at the back of the map. Hoping, I get, yeah, yeah. hoping that the combat itself doesn't actually swift around like I said earlier and start to move around the map, where suddenly you are inside this middle of this, you know, their spawn <laughs> area because that's what can happen. So then they shoot down your drone, and you suddenly realise that you're in their spawn uh, quarters, which you know, nine times out of ten you'll die very, very quickly. But if you can take a couple of people along the way, just I I really like the the multiplayer. I think the single player, kind of has some ideas but ultimately quite forgets them and i think too many reviews are focusing on that and not actually focusing on the highlights yeah. of this game uh and i've decided that i'm too busy and al you know this you get a shooter you just there's always this level 50 level cap and stuff like that i never go for them i, I get mm. i just i tend to get bored by having to repeat i haven't done that since gears of war one i think and, and halo 3 is where the two shooters i really got involved I promised myself this this will be the shooter because I'm enjoying it that much that I go for that level cap. I'm not going to prestige or anything, but I'm going to hit that level 50. Um, sure. and, what level are you now, then? I'm only like 22, something like that, uh, mainly because every time I try to play it in the evening, it's not working. <laughs> so I, I go and play test drive, and then that
2: breaks as well. You see, I, I played it like mad the day before launch because obviously I get, yeah. we get stuff in early at work. And I managed to smash myself to level 38 within, like, seven hours playtime, so thank God for that. (laughs) They're all good now.
0: I know. Okay, so two underappreciated, flawed gems in the shooter class. Yeah. yeah. Worth checking out. Okay. THQ aren't going to go out of business if you wait a few weeks on this one and see if it goes down to 17 quid, folks. So uh, definitely wanted to pick, pick up a meet, uh, not immediately, but at some point. Far Cry 2, no excuse. Come on, three fifty. Say we bought
1: it for one pound fifteen on PC, didn't you? Some point. Yeah,
2: yeah, one pound ninety eight. <laughs> that's bad shit, man. Seriously,
0: I, the, the, as I said, the thing that's uh, more you know, worthy of, of uh, considering the investment is actually the time that it's going to take because that game's going to suck your life away. But it was such a good suck. <laughs> <laughs> so. um... Matt, would you like to pimp Epic Fail?
2: I will do. Yeah. Um, please visit us at www.epicfailpodcast.co.uk. Um, Tony was on our recent show. We did something about the Baftas, so please have a listen to that. Um, I'm on Xbox Live. It's Matt Smashed. Uh, feel free to add me. I think I've got a few spaces. Uh, I will play Homefront and everything with you. And um, Epic Fail are actually having a Bulletstorm night this Monday. So if any of you guys or any of you listening want to join look, join us, then feel free. Um, I'm on Twitter at Smash, so follow me on there. And I'm on PlayStation Network as well, uh, under the same name. So, yeah, that's everything for me.
0: Okay, uh, there's uh, three more pieces of business. One of them is the collaborative work we're doing. It's called EXP Gained. uh, And that's uh, where we mentioned it last week. It's a chance for you guys to take part in the DC podcast. Uh, We've had a few people come back on us with that. But, God, we need... Dozens. (laughs) Dozens. <laughs> We've got, like, Stex has said he might do it. Roy has said he might do it. Sassy and Tara have said that they, they'd be interested it. in the idea. Yeah, we need a lot more people than that. There has got to be a game that you've played where you've really gotten into it. A game where you, you, you've met someone through it or a group of people through it, and you've got memories that you can talk about. It's the equivalent of the 50 game characters episodes. it's the equivalent of uh, independence if you remember that far back yes. the uh, the podcaster discussion thing I, I, I want to make sure that this is a really big show or even series of shows So we're not going to do it until we've got enough so, interviews
1: so the basic premise testimonials is if a game or a game can even be a gaming community you know even if you know, mm. you've joined and I'm, I'm just going to talk about I'm just, I'm just gonna say like if you've joined uh, maybe the DC community and you've met a bunch of people there and you know they, they've they changed your outlook on life or, or whatever if it's just something game related that has affected you personally and actually you know without games you feel like you know this aspect of your life would be missing and you know that would be a sad thing I know we've yeah. all got we've all got our stories and
0: yeah, I've got several actually. I think I can, yeah. I can, I can definitely yeah, get them said on the show. Uh, one more thing is that uh, Blue Sun is out, and this is the first, this is the preview, first couple of chapters of my science fiction novel, which I've been writing since I was twenty-one. It's been written and rewritten and rewritten and rewritten, and, rewritten, and this is the most recent revision of it. And I'm going to be releasing this as an audio book for free. Sorry, a podio book. There is a difference. <laughs> Um, over the next couple of months and uh, hopefully by the end of the year I will get this thing finally finished and I might actually be able to publish it uh, as a book Uh, you can find out more about that by going to uh, Gonzo on the Digital Cowboys Forums and going to Blue Sun Alex's digital novel if you like sci-fi or you know anybody else who likes sci-fi for goodness sake recommend that they listen to this it's an hour long and it, it It's one of the best things I've ever done. It's the best work of fiction I think I've ever committed to audio. So, uh, yeah. See, I I cannot, (laughs) I cannot ask you enough to check this out. Blue Sun.
1: I think you'll enjoy it. I can't remember the revision I read. I think it was about three years ago. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. In in that version, I think he was, uh, it was still like basically neo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've listened to the first half an hour actually earlier. And I will say it's good. And I will be recommending it to John, who is my host, my co-host on our podcast so I'll recommend it to everybody I know
0: <laughs> thank you very much mate and the last thing is that we haven't mentioned this on the podcast yet but we are going to be doing a charity event this year just like our 24 hours worth of getting achievements last ah. year which we got like 7500 <laughs> points in 24 oh, hours Anna. <laughs> I'm amazed that we managed to do that. I say we. <laughs> it was mainly me there for moral support, but uh, but it was fantastic watching you do that, Tony. <laughs> uh, but this year, Tony is suggesting something a bit more physical. It might be a run. Physical. It might be a hike. Yeah. But we're thinking maybe get as many of the DC community as possible together and combine it with a, just a giant meeting. We shall see. But if you go to the forums and check out the DC charity event section there will be a way you could talk about that and we can work out what we're going to uh well for a start what we're going to be doing and also th- there's what who we're going to be raising money for i'm thinking this year japan because they've given us so many goddamn games yeah and i want to do something for them um so yeah that'll be this year and uh yeah who knows what that's going to be but you can find out go to the dc forums
1: um, okay well, i was gonna say if uh, obviously we, we never give out our email address on the show mm-hmm. maybe some of the reasons why not enough people actually send us uh, mail to say <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I wanna be a although it's great yeah. to get random mail it's great yeah.
1: so um that is what the, the digital cowboys
0: no, digital, digital cowboys at com.
1: So if you have a uh, you know just a story you want to tell us and you, know, you don't necessarily want to join up to our you know our community which is um, yeah I understand when people you know, I don't want to join another forum and stuff <laughs> so no I mean we do you know there's you're missing out it's a really yeah, good one. there's there's so many other you know places out there that you can be a part of but it, you know if you want to just send us your story via email and want to uh, or you know want to interact on the, the vocal side of things then send us an email yeah. tell us your story and if you want to be a part of the that work and you know, use your voice or just your story then we'll do our best to actually incorporate in the show so
0: indeed yeah there are two ways you can do it. you can send us an mp3 this is for the uh collaborative work uh exp game you can send us an mp3 or we can meet you on skype and you can talk to us in person okay that is going to be all from us we will be back next week i believe we're getting daniel floyd on Going to be talking about it with something very very interesting regarding things that we've experienced in games. Obviously, <laughs> it's always great having Dan on. Okay, we will see you guys next week. Thank you very very much, Matt, for coming on. That's okay. Thank you for having me on. Been a pleasure. I've been Alex Young. I've been Tony Atkins. And happy trails.